We've only got 24 hours to bring back the rest of Dad. We're going on a quest. Welcome to Fansplainers. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And as uh, we usually do on uh, this show, we get uh, deep into a film, talk it to death. Uh, and we'll be talking today about Onward, new animated film from Pixar. Yes. But what? Uh, we have not done this before. Uh, this came with a short that preceded it. It so did. So we're going to uh, cover the short as well. Sure. And uh, this is where this gets a little weird for me. Did we mention our names yet? Yes, I'm we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay. Listen, we're, <laughs> by the way, we're recording this back in plague times. Now, either you've gotten past that or we're all gone. In which case, we're doing this for robots uh, that have uh, picked through the bones of civilization and are going, what was this uh, world that preceded uh, this? And uh, to our robots that succeeded us, uh, hi. And if it's uh, humanity that survived, uh, good on us. Yay. Let's keep going. Um, the short that goes before this is Playdate with Destiny. Yes. And that is a Maggie Simpson short from mm. uh, The Simpsons. Now, uh, I have a little bit of an odd relationship with The Simpsons. I wrote the comic book. Yes. Uh, Simpsons and Futurama comic books for about 19 years and uh, until about uh, last year. So okay. uh, I'm I I've written many a Maggie story uh, in in my life, and uh, uh, this is directed by David Silverman, who I've met a couple of times. Okay, a, a, a nice fella. Uh, written by uh, Al Jean, Tom Gamble, uh, Max Pross, James L. Brooks, and uh, my old boss Matt Groening. So uh, <laughs> he's got no power over me anymore. So I can speak my mind. You can be honest. I can be honest. Uh, I do like The Simpsons. Simpsons uh, it was uh, one of my favorite television shows. It was a big influence on me in many ways and changed my life in uh, uh, writing the comic book. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I did like The Simpsons, too. Yes. There you go. So I hear uh, some past tense in there. <laughs> it's not, I have nothing against The Simpsons. It's just I don't watch it anymore. So, But yeah. once in my life, it was a very important once a week, Sunday night mostly send a night thing to sit down and watch The Simpsons. And The Simpsons started, of course, as a Tracy Ellman show. It was a, mm -hmm. a series of interstitials, little shorts, uh, all based on a theme. Uh, but uh, lately they've been doing some political uh, shorts and releasing them online. Okay. Uh, and I've got to go. By the way, I don't want to be stepping on any uh, uh, Simpson podcast toes. Okay. I don't need, I don't need any wow. hassle or trouble from... You know, big Simpson podcast. Sure. Okay. We're just sure. a little humble Canadian podcast. We're just a small. Trying our we're best. We're a mum and pop or a pop and pop. Or exactly. A one pop, other one a cat owner. Pop, pop. Pop, pop. Show that, uh, you know, we're just trying to get by here. Exactly. And I, I, I would have nothing to do with them. By the way, I'm on this. Uh, they're one of the more recent episodes. Of, well, what are you uh, worried about talking, then? Talking Simpsons. If you... Uh, if you listen to the one where they all go camping, I'm on that one. Anyway. Um, That's a good episode. Oh, thanks. 
Uh, no, I meant the, the episode of the show. I've not, I've not oh, listened you didn't to your episode. Me. Well, that I have not like heard it yet. I, I don't have. I, I'm not a Patreon supporter, so I'll have to wait for it to come out for oh, free. Very good. All right. Well, then I'll listen to you. No, I, I, I understand that. Well, this is started off awkward. Um, <laughs> and to make it more awkward, they've been doing a series of uh, some political shorts. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm all for uh, political cartoons. I'm all okay. for animated political cartoons. Okay. I'm all for my wife doing editorial cartoons but i have not enjoyed <laughs> the realm of the personal the simpsons cartoons you have not shorts. been enjoying their shorts no okay. uh they just i just think they have been missing missing the mark they're a little too obvious mm-hmm. they don't really fit kind of the simpsons vibe yeah uh and it, i guess like can i just can i just say ahead. something please do i think you uh, showed I me awkward i think you showed me one and i i and i i don't remember it which is kind of significant i think but I feel like if you're going to do a political cartoon with the Simpsons characters, you should be using the Simpsons characters to talk about real life issues that are affecting mm-hmm. people like them, sort of working class, sort of lower middle class people in America. How is this affecting them? That's the most effective way you can do political commentary with the Simpsons. Sure. Not to do super obvious Donald Trump um kind of bashing or whatever him in the oval office being an idiot like that's not really political humor to me that's just i don't know what it is it's just kind yeah, of burlesque do, or whatever they it's, do a, a a bit with trump you know they give him the tiny hands fair enough they they uh they say that here's a weird bit it's like they 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 say that his hair isn't just a wig mm. but it's a dog okay so it's a dog on his head yeah and okay but it's like i mean it's, sort of, it's more of a burlesque than it is yeah, political but humor just going with that uh why is it a dog like what's that what's that even mean like it's like look at this guy he's such a a bad guy that he's got a dog for i don't think they're saying he's such a bad guy i think they're saying his hair is so crazy that it's It's like it's a dog on his head yeah yeah that's what i mean it's not really criticizing and it's not criticizing him necessarily he he does not like dogs that's the other weird thing Mm. is like if you're actually getting into like Trump, whenever he insults anyone, it's like he died like a dog. He mm. begged like a dog. He yeah. was like this, like a dog. Every dog is one of his favorite insults. Huh. And like he doesn't like dogs. Maybe that's why they put it on his head. M- maybe because I feel like, but it's like a pampered. It's it's a pampered rich person pooch. So it looks like ah, oh, this rich guy has got like this uh, rich dog on his head. It's just what what does that mean and 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 when i'm watching these editorial cartoons i do want to just like just turn to the writers and just go so what were you trying mm-hmm. to get across here like yeah. at the end of this what would p- someone who like like trump think about it what would someone who didn't like trump think about it what are you saying what's the point yeah. why are we doing this yeah. and uh, i i just don't uh, i just don't see it well i agree with you then Okay, fair enough. <laughs> just, I, so, so I've already said I've already I stated my piece. So because I haven't been liking these shorts, I've been curious. Like, oh, it'd be it'd be interesting to see what they do with uh, a short, bef- like an old timey uh-huh. short before sure. a movie, as many movies used to have. Sure. This is this is where all the Bugs Bunny cartoons that you like, yep. the old Looney Tunes, you know, they. Used this to is like, and this like would be like a perfect way to have like a madcap simpsons episode that just has like a real slapstick kind of broad feel to it you can do like five minutes of real fast fun craziness or you can go down like a charlie chaplin the kid road and try to tug at our heartstrings yeah you can do either one and and honestly when you're in front of a pixar movie pixar goes both ways yep you know uh crazy and the simpsons has just become part of disney uh the opening joke they have is an image of mickey mouse but then you see it's homer with two donuts sure 
And and again, it's one of those jokes that you go like, oh yeah. <laughs> I acknowledge that that's a joke. Sure. I acknowledge it. Yeah. And it's Homer direct- likes donuts. As I as I said, like it's directed by David Silverman, and David Silverman uh, is a very early. He directed the Simpsons movie. Uh, he was okay. one of the first directors on the Simpsons uh, cartoon, and he's a very like he, he likes a lot of big crazy faces and and uh, and and kind of grotesque uh turns with the characters like he's he's a very big animator okay so i'm like okay now you're gonna let david silverman loose here we (laughs) go not very far like just watching it just in general it was like oh well that wasn't that what why was that what was what was that like was there anything close in it to a laugh like a real no. Laugh out loud laugh. Not at all. And that's why when you said how many people worked on it, you're like, wow, five people wrote this and that's the what they got? Yeah. And it feels, but what it feels like to me is that, and something that you said, which is that they're doing a short. Yeah. It's before a movie. Sure. It could be nominated for an Oscar. That's, it seems like that's what they're going for. And it feels like all those people who got to write on it all got a plum. They'll get, they're all like being recognized for their long years of service. Like everyone that you mentioned there has been on the show for a very long time. And not just Matt Groening, but all of them. Whether it's David Silverman, who you say has been directing since the first season. Al Jean has been involved yeah. for a long time. Tom Gamble's name has been there forever. I mean, I remember seeing his name in the credits. I don't know everyone else. I can't. Uh, James L. Brooks, of course, as well. So these are all people who are long time, you know, and so it feels like it's kind of like, here's your chance yeah, you Tom Gamble has been working on The Simpsons since uh, '99. That's which is still deep into yeah, yeah, The Simpsons. Right. But yes, it's, sure. That is. Uh, I mean, that's not not from the original that. seasons, but yeah. he's been there for a long time. So it feels like it's sort of like a you know for those who served sort of a a plum job, a plum assignment. That out of this, you could possibly you know if we can get the wheels turning, and you know, and one of the things we were talking about with with another friend of ours who is involved in animation is that. You know, it's it's almost unfair that these films are up for for uh, best short because they have such a huge hype machine behind them. Not just the hype of the studio, but also the fact that it's in front of a Pixar movie. Right. So everyone's going to see this Pixar movie. Everyone's going to see this epi- this episode of this of the Simpsons cartoon. And when it comes time for voting, it's going to get shortlisted. It's going to be on there. It's going to be in people's minds because they remember seeing it when they. Right. I mean, you take something like uh, Bao, which I believe won. I didn't know if that that won like two years ago. Yeah, I think it's two years ago. Um, You know, and that was in front of, I think, The Incredibles 2. Yes. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Like, everyone's going to see that. And also, Mm -hmm. it was was a very good. It was quite good. I mean, it was much better than this one. And it had a, yeah, it had a purpose. It had a reason. Mm -hmm. It was something I hadn't seen before. It it had a very clever idea. Sure. And this. I honestly don't know what they were going for. Well, that's what I was kind of saying. It feels like to me where when I think of Simpsons, I think of, you know, craziness and, you know, sort of madcap zany antics, to put it in as most <laughs> common cliched way you could say that. But this feels like they've gone on the opposite direction of that and decided to do like something that was supposed to be kind of maudlin and make us feel like, oh, you know, oh, they got together. But really, to what, you know... To what end? To what end? Uh, well, what does it all mean? It, ha- it did have one good joke in it, I thought, which was oh? which was Maggie uh, tr- racing for the train, 
missing the train, and then the camera pulls back, and the train is just on a, in a goes in a oval. Okay, you, and it's going to yeah, come around again. The, the end gag, the gag. That's a, not a bad gag. It's I not thought. a bad gag. Were you on? Were you guessing that gag before it happened? I don't tend to guess things like that. Okay, so I'm not, I don't. I just kind of let things sort of wash over me. I'm not a movie guesser. Not a not a predictor of what's going to happen. That felt so obvious to me that when it came, it's like yeah, it's a kids. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a train in a park. It's yeah, a, it's clearly in a circle. Yeah. Oh, it's in a circle. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, but it's course, more. What, what else? What else I know, would it be? but we know, but she doesn't. So I, I was, I enjoy. Like, well, that's you know. a thing. Now you're okay. Let's let's just go through it. Oh, man, it's it's. I don't know why this bothers me so much. This. <laughs> I guess it's because you're right. Like so much money was obviously thrown at this. Yeah. They worked hard on it. Sure. This is at least I don't know a year's worth of work for some animation studio. Yeah. Why? Like you've got Maggie Simpson, who is not really focused on much in the uh, cartoon. Yeah, she so doesn't like, speak. Yeah, she doesn't speak. But her angle uh, again. I I just did a, uh, a Simpsons uh, talking Simpsons episode where we talked about uh, Maggie because it was it was an episode where she kind of becomes the ruler of some bears in the in the in the woods. Okay, and. What I said that I liked about it was, oh, she's not doing that thing you saw in every cartoon where it's the baby in the construction site. Okay. Where everything is just missing them. Yeah, And, yeah. They're, and they're just oblivious and uh, they're getting through. It's like uh, they're not sweeping it. And and that's what – and my, my theory on Maggie was, oh, she's just great at everything. She's smarter than Lisa. She can play instruments. She's good with a gun. She shot Mr. <laughs> Burns. She, I mean there's a lot there to be an interesting character. Sure. And also because she doesn't talk. We can project into her as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's room uh, to do more than you can do with a character that's constantly yapping. Mm. Um, so like, oh, okay, let's see what they're going to do with with Maggie. They we've seen her do so, some sort of shorts in the Simpsons TV show where there was one where she was escaping from her daycare center. Yeah, and it was like that's it's fine. It's cl- it's 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 clever. It's fine. But here we go. You're in front of a Pixar movie. Yeah. Let's see what you got. Let's see. Let's have Maggie. Accidentally climb over a UFO and pilot herself. Well, that is what? the kind of thing David Silverman would like to do. He, <laughs> he he came back recently and he did a Kang and Kodos episode that they made sure was in continuity. Okay. Where the Simpsons do get into a flying saucer and oh, okay. go off into space. Okay. Um, but okay, so here's the here's the plot. As I say, I don't I don't follow the show anymore, so I, the uh, that's all right. The, I know that I wouldn't have suggested that idea. The plot is uh, Marge is taking Maggie to a park. Uh, she all, yep. and uh, she sits with the other moms reading books to make moms guilty. There's there's yeah. there's a light smile there, sure. Where you're like, oh, this is clever book mm-hmm. titles, that's sure. fine. Uh, she um, uh, Maggie almost gets uh, hit by a kid coming down a slide, but she's pulled aside and saved by uh, a boy. And the boy uh, who's her age is uh, named Hudson. They both show the tags in their clothes, yeah, uh, to show their names, and uh, apparently both can read. Uh, otherwise, that makes <laughs> no, no sense. sense at all. Uh, no sense otherwise. Yeah. So okay, we're going with that. And at this point, I'm like, oh, this would be interesting. You're going to see the Simpsons world from the baby's perspective. Okay, you're going to see it from this lower perspective. We're going to see what it's like, but it's not. They just they they play games, and then we get into a fantasy sequence yeah. where they're growing old together. And it's like, well, what's well, what's that? Like, <laughs> why just, would a baby... They just met. Fantasi- well, first of all, yes. Why are they immediately in love? There's nothing about the two of them yeah. that makes, you know, would make them, like, attracted to each other. Also... Yeah. By the he, way, Hudson is kind of weird looking. Yeah, he's weird looking. Uh, yeah, it's At to David the point Silverman. where, like, maybe there's going to be a reveal of what 
something about him or who his dad and mom are yeah, or something. Yeah. But you don't you don't have a setup like off the top where like Maggie's lonely mm. or there's something empty there's something missing in Maggie's life. Yeah. But yeah. she meets this boy and just immediately falls in love with him and has an instant fantasy of them growing old together and we see it with them sort of as babies. But not really they're a little bit older but it's it, again what's <laughs> Like, it would be interesting to see, like, a baby's idea of what getting older would be like. Sure. What would you be doing? And they have a little of that, but still not enough. It's, there's no there's no laughs. There's no nothing. Uh, and it ends with her giving him her bow out of her hair, and he wears it as a bow tie. Yeah. To which you go, yeah, that's, I guess, uh-huh. sort of clever, it's I guess. A, it's not a bow tie. And why is he wearing a bow tie? And how's he clip up? I guess it's a clip. That's <laughs> fine. It's probably a clip on bow, but. So anyway, she goes back home. <laughs> And uh, she she dreams about him. That's mm. that's the thing. Okay, maybe there's some room for jokes there that you could have like her at home dream. No, okay. And the next day, uh, this is the big twist. Homer takes her to a different park, but this park is a park of uh, of tough of uh, older tough kids who are it's like a skate park. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's a dangerous park. So now she's sweeping it, and like she's going through you know swings and n- not being hit, but not because she's clever. Or she's great. I mean, this is the thing. Like, she's Maggie. She probably could get on a skateboard and skateboard. She's better at almost anything that 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 Bart and Lisa uh, Bart and Lisa do. Mm. So, and Bart skateboards. And you're like, oh well, this will be where we're going to see Bart because Bart is famously a skateboarder. Yeah. And this is a skate park. So, nope. Okay. <laughs> not going to have that. Uh, just not. She's not around, and he. She sees that he's in the park next door because she gets up high enough to see that. Tries to get over there, and uh, Homer pulls her away. That's it uh, for that scene. Yeah. That's good. She sees him and doesn't get him. Yeah. So there's a nice scene where she's drinking from a bottle, and but takes the nipple off, and she's pounding it like she's a booze hound. <laughs> yeah. I guess alcoholism probably runs in her family. and We've This has been established. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if you're done laughing, here comes some more. Yeah. It's the next day. Homer's babysitting again. Tries to take her to the same park, but she grabs the wheel and uh, yanks it. And the one thing I did like in this, this was, was my favorite joke, was uh, Homer's cool with her doing this and actually lets her park the car. Yeah. I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> so uh, this is where she gets uh, she gets out uh, of the car and uh, and uh, she sees him, uh, Hudson, boarding a train. Yeah. Tries to get him, trying to catch up, can't catch up. He like tries to uh, uh, takes the um, bow tie, yeah, uh, which is a ribbon. Uh, <laughs> tries to you know give you, it to her. Well, he's trying to use that to lengthen his his reach, reach so that she can grasp it and he, he, she can get onto no the train. No dice, though. Uh, he goes off. He and, goes off, uh, and she's devastated until we realize. Oh. she's uh, it's round. Okay. It's, a, it's an oval track. It's an oval track because that's the only thing things would be in that park. There's no <laughs> twist, really. It's just. <laughs> the obvious thing. It's like if he was getting on a merry-go-round and, uh, oh, no, well, he's gone on that horse forever. <laughs> oh, wait. You know how this works? Uh, so he grabs her and uh, now they're on the front of the train and uh, looks like they're going to kiss, but nope. Uh, she puts a pacifier in his mouth instead. And mm. uh, they will suck on the pacifiers. And that's uh, the thing. <laughs> the end. And then uh, the Oscar committee goes, what are we watching? <laughs> Why was that up for a What? <laughs> What's the point of this? I don't know about that. Again, the cartoon I watched 
uh, and I'm uh, Call of the Simpsons. Was, it was what it was. What it was called? For, yes, for Talking Simpsons from the first season of yeah, the Simpsons. And that one has a thing at the end where Maggie uh, again pulls out a pacifier, but she gives it to a bear. Mm. I was like, oh, that's funny. That's giving it to a bear, but pulling out a pacifier and giving it to a, another baby. Yeah. Well, they both exchange pacifiers. Oh, okay. But in these days of coronavirus, I don't know if that's... Yeah, yeah, that is a a thing. By the way... Should we be encouraging this? Something something you mentioned when you went to see this movie uh, was there was next to no one in the theater with you, right? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, when I... How about you when you saw it? it I saw it with uh, two families. Okay. Two families that were there. Yeah. I think they each had two kids. Yeah. And uh, both families, uh, aside from that... Theater empty, yeah. And then there was a theater next to me that was empty, mm. and to the point where the uh, usher said to me, "If you just want to have that theater to yourself, that one's starting in ten minutes later." <laughs> the whole thing. And I'm like, ah, "I'm fine," uh, which was a mistake, probably because the two families decided to just talk through the whole movie, oh. like just have conversations, just like. So anyway, that's my yeah. She wants to get on the train. Oh, she missed the train. Yeah, well, it's a movie. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> At that moment, I would have got up and taken that Usher's advice. Yeah, and that's when I, but that's when I would get up and I would talk to them, and then I'd see that she's wearing uh, dark glass and like, oh, she's blind, and then I'm, I'm a son of a bitch. No, you don't have to talk to them. You just get up and leave. Uh, that's a fair point. You have to okay. explain where you're going. I'm leaving because you're talking. Right. You don't need to do that. So okay. So 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 we watched this short. Yeah. Um. Like I say, I think why? What's the what's the what now? Besides, you're right. They want an Oscar, but if you want an Oscar, yeah, then give me a tearjerker scene at the end. Then give me a twist. Give me something, give me something yeah. that's Oscar bait. Yeah, like pander to me then. Yeah, if you're gonna try and do like this sort of maudlin, like I say, it's a very maudlin kind of sentimental thing, as if it's like Chaplin City Lights or The Kid, where you have your massive weepy scene near the end of the film where you get yeah. that he pulls on your heartstrings you know that Chaplin can't you know he's saved up money and he's paid for this girl's operation now she can see but she will see that he's just a, a tramp and so he can't approach her you know like you need something like if you're going to do this sort of thing you need to have that moment of you know sadness and this movie doesn't it doesn't exploit it like it you know it tr- it tries to with the train sequence but it pretty much as soon as yeah. As soon as it's in, it pulls back and reveals that it's on an oval track, and it's going to come back around again. So your thought is, oh, it's going to come back around again. So she's going right. to seem so that's good. And she's already. And then he's mysteriously on the cowcatcher in the front of the train, which, by the way, is also dangerous. Not just exchanging, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. Like I, I know that it's trying to. It feels like it's trying to like do like an adult version that kids are. You know, the kids are going through this adult thing, but it doesn't really play it the right way. Like. Like, you know, you have to, if you're going to do something like that, you need to, like, think of something you want a pastiche, you know, whether it's separate tables right. or um, whatever that one with uh, Brief Encounter, you know, something like that where you have, like, you're, you're, you're kind of working off someone else's formula, you know, and then, then it would make sense what you're doing. I would also say but it doesn't to, do that. You need to do a callback then of, like, th- so next door is the uh, skateboarding kids. Yeah. So she's trying to catch a train in this one. Yeah. Well, we know that next door. There's a bunch of skateboards. Sure. Is there anything she could do to get on a skateboard or something like to to, to somehow like uh, then? Uh, you well, know. you could just have a kid like wipe out and the skateboard fly off the ramp exactly. and land. Exactly. Yeah, there that's right. Just pay that. She grabs it. Pay that off. Yeah, yeah. And then and then don't do the oval train thing, like you know, or maybe if you want to do it, but you can have it like not all park trains are 
oval. Sometimes they go through a certain, you know, like a kind of a winding yeah. path. Or maybe there's some game. danger on the track. I don't know what that could be, but like you see a the, skateboard. That's <laughs> yeah, that could be it. Someone else falls on a skateboard. Uh, yeah, I tra- all I can think of is skateboards. But the tra- yeah. How about if the, a UFO crashes on the yeah, track? Yeah, the train the train track is broken, and it's like, and so you're playing up the danger or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's uh, it's weird. I was thinking about what is the Walsh and Gromit uh, cartoon where the it's wrong got trousers? the rooster. Wrong trousers. Wrong trousers. It's a penguin, by the way. Penguin, sorry about that, yeah. but who's disguised as a rooster. Yeah. Thanks for the spoilers. Um, <laughs> I didn't spoil it. Oh, I did. But that's got, like, such a great railroad scene. <laughs> yes, with a toy does. train. Yes, Which, yes, again, it's yes, a toy yes. train, but, but it's, it's got stakes, mm-hmm. and it's an amazing chase scene. Yeah. Because it's all of that scale and perspective, and because mm-hmm. they give a damn, we give a damn. Yeah. And in this, first of all, just the idea of... He's getting on a train, and yeah. she's going to miss him. Oh, okay. Well, you can sort of do that, but then we've got to set the whole thing up. Like, we're doing it like an old-timey movie. Yeah, Old-timey yeah. movie, yeah. and he's going to get on that train, and you're never going to see him again. Great. Sure. Yeah. So she's got to have a big hat, and it can't just be in a fantasy sequence that she had that, she, that he didn't have. Yeah. Let's see it all from the kid's perspective. Mom's up there reading her book, or dad's reading or drinking a beer or whatever he's doing. But to the kids, this is a whole silent film world that's going on down here. Yeah. And play up all the cliches and then and then do it up and build it up to the point where it is the train thing at the end. But then we have the reveal of, yeah, but you know, it's a kid's park, so it's just a train. Oh, I got it. Uh, good. You, mm-hmm. you snap me back to the reality. Sure. Enjoyable. Nope. It's just <laughs> they can't decide on tone. Yeah, Why do I give a damn? There's no stakes. Why do I care? She's together with Hudson. She just met Hudson. Yeah. I know nothing about Hudson. You, you have no stakes in it at all. Yeah. All I know is that Hudson pulled her away from like being hit in the back by a kid on a slide. So is Hudson brave? Yeah. What's what? What? What is he fulfilling in her life that she hasn't got? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Bug me. <laughs> just bug me. Okay. And so that was the uh, play date with Destiny. Well, do I you didn't... think it's going to get nominated for for an Academy Award just oh. because it's everyone's seen it? I don't know. I'd hope not, but uh, I have a feeling it's going to be there. What a lot. Yeah, that would <laughs> that would that would steam my clams. <laughs> well, we'll have to. Maybe we'll be talking about it in a year from now when the Oscars come around again and we do our Oscar. Yeah, uh, roundup. This is just generally what I'll say to anyone doing a Simpsons short. What are you trying to say? That mm-hmm. and then and then what? What something I did say about why I liked. Uh, call of the Call of the Simpsons that sh- that uh, the the episode yeah was they did things in that that only the Simpsons could do at the time they mm-hmm. did a gag where a rabbit uh goes flying through the air after they try to trap it and it was like yeah. no one else could do that yeah and this this film feels like well this could be a Rugrats yeah yeah like, this could be <laughs> anything yeah Muppet Babies this could be anything this is like just a generic yeah and I think it was a mistake to not have talking in it like you know. Uh, verbal humor is part of the Simpsons. Like to take away that whole element of it, just to have, uh, just to keep in this idea of this a silent film. I don't know. I just well, I know, I know, like David Silverman and a lot of these people are like the old timey silent films and old timey cartoons, and sure. so I could see them wanting to try their hand at that. Yeah, but then they didn't do that. Yeah, they should go back in time and work on Gertie the Dinosaur if that's what they want to do. Mm, that was pretty good. Okay, <laughs> so that's Playdate with Destiny. Uh, so uh, that ends. Can only go up from here. Can it? And then, um, <laughs> and then we move on to onward. Uh, yeah. Pixel, pixel movie. Pixel, uh, pixel uh, movie. It's uh, was the starring uh, some Marvel folks that you may know from Marvel, like Chris Pratt, Tom Holland, J- uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus has not done 
a Marvel movie, uh, no. as far as I know. Uh, directed by Dan uh, Scanlon, and uh, there we go. So, here we go. We're into a Pixar movie. When you go to see a Pixar movie, what do you expect? Uh, well, you know what? I've given up on that idea as a, of a Pixar film. It's okay. something that I'm going to... You know, like I just what I want from them is is a good movie with a with a good story. You know, I just want I want them to use the animation, the idea of you know like the I want them to use the uh, what do you call it the form of animation, the genre of animation, the the force, use the force, use the use the medium. That's the one I'm looking for. The medium of animation in an entertaining way that tells a good story. Okay, I I find like uh, again I'm I'm holding the Pixar films to a little bit of a higher standard than I would a standard. Uh, standard. I'm using standard too much. Uh, Disney Disney movie. I feel like the Pixar films, like a Ratatouille or a Wall-E or an Incredibles. Yeah. Um, it's it's got something to say. It's got a lot mm. of heart. Sure. Uh, or Up. It'll yeah. take it'll take a like Up took an amazing risk with yep. the opening. Oh, yeah. uh, You know scenes and then uh, took you into a great mix of comedy and and uh, and drama. But I found that film could never quite surmount its opening, like the beginning of the film. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, like I. Like I, I don't really remember any other part of the movie, but it's opening and it just feels. Where something like Ratatouille, yeah. uh, it sort of saved its best bit for the end, you know, uh, with the critic eating the eating the food, flashing back to being a child, fl- coming back, and it's like ah, that was the whole point of this movie, and and onward, I would just say generally, uh, and then we'll get specific. I, I felt like it did nail the ending, yeah, to me, yeah. Uh, but I spent most of the movie going, what is this? Why am I, what's the point of this? Oh, really? Why is this going on? Like what, huh. you know, it's, it's, what's, the, what's the deal? What's the point? What's literally just, what's the point of this? Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, I got, I got the gimmick, but it doesn't seem like you're exploiting the gimmick to mm. any great extent. So I'm like, oh, is there an emotional element to this that's supposed to be symbolic of something or it's got, uh, some, something that relates to the real world in some way that I'm that I'm missing, and then at the end you get the baboom, which is which is which is good. But yeah. up until that point, I'm like I'm not really laughing out loud. Yeah. So what are we doing here? Which it, not not to the degree that the uh, Simpsons short uh, did, and maybe the Simpsons short made me annoyed. <laughs> so I started. Yeah, off well, I think well, sour. I think also maybe the people talking with around you kind of took care of the film too. Maybe. Whereas Maybe. I was in a completely silent theater, except for a little baby who occasionally in the movie would go, wow. Aww. So that was really nice. That is nice. Yeah. It's nice. Very so, well-behaved uh, children. Because it reminded uh, the baby of World of Warcraft. W-O-W. That's what I thought. That's what yeah, I thought, War- too. It's like the yeah. Warcraft game. It's like, you should see the uh, Duncan Jones movie, War- Warcraft. Yes. You'd enjoy that, baby. No, no one's... Uh, wow. Well, I'm sorry. I can't talk about Warcraft in a bad way person from Warcraft is now in a TV show my wife's doing. So everything's fine with Warcraft. It's totally yeah. fine. That was uh, okay. I didn't mind that movie. Just, just I saw it on a plane, so I'm not, not quite sure. Not, you know, I can't judge a movie that way. But when I, when I saw this, just in general, yeah. first of all, the first thing it reminded me of was that Will Smith movie where he's a cop in the world of uh, elves. I thought, I thought that was unfortunate, and I'm sure that during the three-year process of making an animated film, this could happen where you end up you know, doubling what someone else is doing is because yeah, you're drawing from a particular kind of zeitgeist. The premise is it's the world of fantasy. Yes. Warlocks, elves. The world of magic. Kind yes. of a uh, Dungeons and Dragons, a Tolkien style world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I felt a little bit, yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind. The other thing that came to mind was uh, Shrek because, you know, Shrek is mm. fairy tale characters that involve yeah. magic, but of course it's more of a parody of Disney 
just directly and yeah, and parody of fairy tales. And yeah, stuff, it's got like dragons. This one doesn't really stuff. isn't really a pastiche of anything, and it's more it's much more grounded and realistic. And, yeah, you know, here we go. Whereas Bright is or Bright is a very unpleasant sort of a film. Whereas this, and it doesn't really explain very very well what what the rules or the I think the idea of that world is. Whereas this film. You know, kind of establishes right from the start the idea of the fact that magic has gone out of this world. Yes. Because magic is difficult to... Sorry, I have my feet are taking oh, up fine. the space under the table. Take up all the space. I'm going to move need. slightly sideways to give you some. All more. right, whatever. Let's see if that affects your uh, talking about the movie. <laughs> Blah, la, la, la. Oh, oh wow. I put my feet back the way they... Um, no. So, you know, it establishes very early on that magic is difficult. And the, the you know, the beginning of, like, technology as sort of this comp- this thing that competes against magic... And then overtakes magic and kind of takes the magic out of the world. And the world just becomes basically our world, but inhabited by magical creatures, which I must admit, as an, as an adult, I find more disturbing than as a kid, that a kid would. Because when you watch a movie, like when I watch a movie with a half horse man who's going out with a person who is in every way like a human, so they have pointy ears, I'm like, well, wh- how do they, how do they do it? But you know, like that's not what kids are thinking when they're watching this movie. So that's fine. I'm, I'm going to leave my, puerile dirty adult mind at the door okay. and not worry about the fact that an elf is going out with a centaur and, and if you need to see how they do it i'm sure the world of pornography i don't want to know you. i don't well, want i'm to sure you'll see it i have had the opportunity to see such things and i have said no every time so i don't oh, yeah. want to see it you went to a very, you went to university and i didn't <laughs> that's true <laughs> and people get really drunk at university yeah the concept behind this is uh just to just to clarify that the uh, things used to be straight out magic mm-hmm. tolkien style and yep. then uh, science came along and invented yep. the light bulb, and uh, everything from that point on, yeah, made things more like our world. Yeah, you didn't have to like have a magical spell to light a torch, and so you had to carry around a torch. No, you can just turn on a switch, and a light bulb turns on. Now, let me ask you this, just at the, the very beginning. Oh, first of all, how did you like the movie? Or? I did like the movie a lot, actually. Very good. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Um, so let me just ask you this. What do you think that was representative of? Because, what, what's uh, that? Sorry, the light bulb was representative of a light bulb. Well... Sometimes a cigar is a cigar, sir. <laughs> well, I'm going to disagree with you there. When you've got a world okay. where they where they establish like there's magic, but yeah. magic is difficult. Yeah. But technology, I guess, is less difficult. Yes. So uh, people are going with technology, which has made us lazier. Yeah. Then if we went the difficult route, so if we're talking our own world, what? What should we do? We obviously shouldn't just be staying with torches. But what's it saying? I don't like, what's think the mistake. Because I don't think that's the. I don't think that's what the movie's going for. It's not trying to make a comment on these things. It's setting up a scenario that allows for the exploration of the characters to re to re to see their dad again, or to even see their dad for the first time. But when you see side characters, like later on, we'll get the pixies who are yeah. a gang, yeah, and they're angry, and they've let their uh, they they don't use their wings anymore because yeah. they ride on bikes, yeah, and, and basically yeah. they're saying they've gotten lazy. They're using, and we have Octavia Spencer as a, not a minotaur. Uh, what is she? A manticore. Manticore, yes. And she's also said like, well, I've let my wings kind of. You know, I, I haven't been using my wings much. Yeah, yeah. Again, she's gotten lazy. It's the, you know. It's not even that they've gotten lazy. It's just that. But the, she has basically the, said that. She hasn't been like working her wings. Sure. And definitely the, 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 the pixies don't use their wings anymore to the point where they don't realize if their wings can work yeah, or not. Yeah. So it feels like we're saying technology has taken us over to the point where what we naturally are, we're not, 
we're not embracing that. And when they do embrace it, yeah. they're happier, much happier than when they embrace technology. It seems to be saying technology, you know, they're not out and out saying technology's bad. Stop looking at your phones. Yeah. But it's definitely implied that, you know, when you see a mermaid in a, in a little kiddie pool, uh, just looking at her phone, you're like, well, she's not happy. Yeah. She's not really happy. She should be out in the ocean swimming around. We saw okay. them out there before there and they were having a great time. And now, unfortunately, <laughs> technology has like basically wall-eed us okay. to the point where like we're, we're almost the fat people in the chairs floating around. It's not quite that, but it's not not mm. that. Yeah. I don't, I mean, you can. You could read that as part of the film, but I don't, I don't think even we're, read it. I think the I don't think the film is I think really the out and out say it. Like the Manticore is much happier when she, you know, when uh, she is who she is. Yeah, be, yeah. Instead of being who she is and getting sure. a day job and like not using her wings. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's a criticism of technology. I think it's a criticism of of not being who you are. It's a weird thing too of like saying technology is easier. Where I don't necessarily. So when you say that, and that that was like really stated out outright. Yeah. So it's like. Easier than what? Like easier than you know what? Sh- what have we? What have we gotten lazy that you know? It, the idea of like talking on the phone instead of going and seeing each other in person yeah. is that a thing? You know, is that is that what you're saying? But it seems to. I don't think technology necessarily is easier. Like if you're in just going in this world, the idea yeah. of like learning a spell to light a torch or inventing a damn light bulb. Yeah, that's freaking hard. Sure. Like, it's not. It is hard, but once the light bulb is invented, it's easy, right? Like once the light bulb is invented, yeah, it's easy for you and me. Like we don't have to invent the light bulb every time we go to turn but on. But whoever switch. invents the next thing has yeah. to invent it. Sure, that's hard. But the incentive, of course, behind inventions is you get money for it. So the value of the for the person inventing it is the fact that they will become wealthy. Right. The world's going to beat a path to the door because they built a better mousetrap. And them saying, and the that- mousetrap doesn't involve you having to learn a complicated spell or even having the ability to do a complicated spell. Maybe right. not everyone can do magic in that world as well. They make that clear in the film as yeah, well. Yeah, that's, that's a weird thing too. It's not weird. It's just yeah, people it People have different skills. Uh, okay, but what does that mean? <laughs> it means some people are adepts and some people aren't. You know, I can't play hockey. Can you play hockey? Can yeah. you like, in all, in but if all, all of I our striving wanted, and struggling. If all I ever wanted to do was play hockey, my life was about hockey. Yeah. I loved hockey. Yeah. And then I couldn't play any hockey at all. Yeah, that would be saying something. If I, if I was in a movie that did that, then you'd yeah. be saying something. It would be saying. But I don't think that's what me. this movie's about, though. Like you do. Yeah, you, but what is the movie about besides a, a relationship between brothers? Yeah, it's about the relationship between brothers and the fact that basically the whole magical part of the film is a, a, a way to get the father in the film to have the father, you know, gives the kids a spell. Mm-hmm. You know that, or he gives them this gift that will only, they can only have when they turn the when the youngest turns sixteen, right? When they can do magic, because before that point, magic is not you're not able to do magic. Apparently, that's part of the film, right? The idea, of, I guess, as you as you hit as you kind of move into puberty and through puberty, then your your magical abilities can start to happen. And so he gives them this spell, and the idea of the spell is that it's going to revive him, like bring him back to life for one day for twenty four hours. And then they can visit him. He can see his kids, you know, and he made this because he was ill and he knew he was ill. And so he went to the trouble to create this way to have that one special time with his kids. Right. When, they, when, when both have passed the age of 16. Yeah. yeah see yeah. them for a day. And so. And possibly his wife as well. I don't know. They sure. They didn't really get into that. They didn't really much. get into it. And, you know, I'm sure that's part of it too. But I think, you know, for him, he died when his one son was still wasn't even born yet so he hasn't didn't even get a chance to like see him as a baby 
you know, so, so that's what it's sitting up. But the idea of, and, you know, okay, and I'm going to, spoilers, I know that for the director, he lost his father when he was very young. Okay. So this movie, he said, I'm really glad that Pixar paid for part of my therapy. You know, so it failed to write this story and have this exploring the idea of your father coming back. And right. They're being raised by their by their mother. Being raised by their mother, yeah. Who's right. always, always doing a great job. One one brother is obsessed with magic, uh, yeah. but can't do magic. And the other brother is I guess awkward. Like mm-hmm. I don't really I don't really know what the yeah. what the Tom has some anxiety. Has some anxiety. He's, an- he's anxious, but I don't know yeah. what the Tom Holland brother is actually into. Like I don't know what his thing is. Yeah, they don't really go into that too much. They don't. Anything. Yeah. You know, maybe that's okay because you're going to project yourself into this character, and so that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but the other brother is definitely obsessed with uh, with magic and his uh, and his van. Those are the things. That <laughs> yes. He loves. Yes. Yeah. He's well. Not, not that he's obsessed with ma- well, but sort of with magic. He's obsessed with with Dungeons and Dragons, like some sort of role playing thing that's like Dungeons and Dragons. Right. And he is, in fact, this movie uses some licensed characters from Wizards of the Coast in the okay. film, I didn't the know that. gelatinous cube. And one other one other creature in the film are both like Dungeons and Dragons, you know, characters. Oh, okay. Or you know, creatures that I are should used in this I should, film. as a complete side thing, mention uh, that I do a monthly um, uh, role playing live role playing comedy yeah. show called the Critical Hit Show. So that's where most of my knowledge of this world comes in into play. I never really played Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. When I was a teenager, you played some. I played quite a bit, actually. Yeah. I played Dun- Dungeons and Dragons for about five years. So. Okay, yeah. So uh, maybe there's a bit of me too seeing this where I don't have the emotional connection to it. Like it. Doesn't... I don't think you need to have, be emotionally connected to. Uh, my wife did not play Dungeons and Dragons. But yet. you've you've also and she also read, loved the film. You've read all the Tolkien books. I've read all the Tolkien books. Right, my, where I have not. My wife has not. She hates she hates Lord of the Rings. Okay, but she enjoyed this movie a lot. She liked. She really enjoyed it. Good. So, so um, and you know what? I think because we saw it in a quiet theater. Some people maybe should take the usher's advice. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was my pro. I don't think that was my problem. Anyway, but I, you know, because I, I, I enjoy hearing people enjoy yeah, yeah. a movie, so it was fine. I, you know, I don't want to spoil the end of the film, but well, end, we will when we get the to end it. of the film involves a school turning into a dragon, mm-hmm. and I guess you could get all kind of worked up about what that symbolizes. You know, a school, something that's trying to kill us. Is it da 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 da, or is it just the fact that it's a convenient? You know, it's kind of funny that the school had a, a dragon mascot on it, and it becomes a dragon. But this, so. to me, okay, when you're saying sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Sure is. Yeah, but it isn't. It's not, <laughs> it's not when it's a Pixar movie. It's not when it's a Pixar movie. A, a Pixar, yeah, Incredibles, you could just go, it's just a movie about superheroes. Yeah. What are, you, what are you talking about? It's just like a Fantastic Four movie about superheroes. What are sure. you talking about? No, but it's also about, you know, family and this okay, kind of, yeah, No, yeah. no, no. It's That's just fine. a movie about superheroes. This movie is just a movie about a rat who likes cooking. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? It's not nothing about uh, artistic... You know, uh, you know, the artistic impulse and falling through. It's just, uh, did you see it? It was a movie about rats. And yeah, they like I to saw cook, it too. It had rats in it. Thing. And that's a robot. He likes to clean up and he likes sure. uh, Hello Dolly. The uh, It's fine. That's all it is. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> Obviously, there's layers on layers on layers yeah, on yeah. these movies. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I'm not I'm not searching for something that uh, I, do, I just think that you can do. But I think that you can get carried away looking for... The symbol, like I feel like in this case, the magic in the film is basically like the gimme to get us to the plot that they want to tell, okay. which is the story of these boys whose father, because the you know as as we see in the film, the spell fails and the father is only halfway returned. Okay, so it's yeah. let's just go through the plot. Tom sure. Tom Holland is turning sixteen. 
He uh, is having a birth. He wants to have a birthday party, but he's too nervous to invite the kids at school. Yeah. So he's he's that he's that character. And the kids aren't even that bad at school. Well, they're not even bad. Like this is the thing. They're like, well, what was his problem? Well, this is the, this <laughs> is the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. you, you would go in an old timey movie about how they think he's a nerd. Yeah. Think he's a geek. Yeah. Uh, what have you? But but they go a couple of different routes here, which I do like. One, the older cooler brother yeah. is actually into all the geek stuff yeah, yeah like he's the nerd yeah but we're not calling him a nerd because that's not what nerds are anymore yeah You're right but my problem with the tom holland character is what's his deal at all mm. like he's obviously gone to school for a very long time yeah has he never talked to anybody well, apparently not apparently not yeah apparently not yeah uh he's his mom is trying to give him the confidence to to invite people to a party once he does they're all on board. Yeah. Like, no one's going, party. Like, not <laughs> even any of them. They're all just like, oh, a party, huh? I know. Yeah, we're into, we're into that. Yeah, we're all nice kids. Yeah, everything's fine. There's not a bully among us. Sure. All right. So, I'm not seeing any conflict here at all, except he's a little bit awkward, but with no consequences to that. But then his brother arrives. That's right. And his brother is, uh, he's embarrassed by his brother. Yeah. But none of these kids are going like... What a loser that guy is. None of them. They're all just like, no, no. What, what do you think? Was he okay? Sure. Yeah, I think he's all right. So, so again, we're starting off with like what feels like no conflict, really. Mm. Like everything's fine. He's fine. His brother, you know, is, is But he's fine. not fine, obviously. He well, has what's, some, what's his problem? He apparently has some deep, deep-seated issues with anxiety. And what? anxiety doesn't have to exist in any kind of reality. Okay. That's the, the idea. That's a so fact about very, anxiety. He's very anxious and his brother is very confident. Outgoing and confident. That's right. And we learn in the film why he is that way. Right. Okay. But we don't learn why uh, the Tom Holland character is anxious. We don't know if there was there an incident that happened to him yeah. that pushed him back. Why hasn't he had friends again? And I don't know. Could anything. just be his personality. We, okay, we don't that's know. fine. We but I need to know something about the guy. You know, what, what does he like? What's on his walls? The only thing that are on his walls are really pictures of his dad, mm. really. Yeah, and then some other generic stuff. So I'm like, oh, what's what's up? Yeah, you know how can, how can he? You know he. Okay, so he then he's turning sixteen, and his mom gets a staff from the uh, from a wrapped up staff from the attic, and uh, his brother knows what it is, and yes, there's a spell that will bring his father back for one day yes. from sunrise from sunset to sunset. Yes, right. So that's where that's where we go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brother tries uh, time and time again to do it, does not have the ability. Yeah. Uh, we also, by the way, have a little scene where. Um, you see the Tom Holland character. Sorry, his name's Ian. Uh, is is look? It's, it's it's a clever scene where he's looking at pictures of his dad. Has the one tape recording of his dad's voice. Yeah, and yeah. is trying to interact with his dad's voice. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, that one hit me a little bit because I remember when my dad passed away. Uh, I would call up uh, our home phone and listen to uh, an answering machine message he left. Okay. And it was a it was a tough thing for my mom to take it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, you know, it was my dad just saying, you know, uh, this is the Boothby house and da-da-da. I'm like, yeah. It uh, that that I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that is something that you would do. But it felt like he he never heard like he'd never heard his dad's voice. This is the only thing he had of his dad. Yeah. There's definitely something missing in his life that he feels his dad could could, Yes. We know that his dad is we know the idea of his dad is important to him. Right. So uh, the brother tries to bring the dad back, no dice, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, and then leaves the leaves the staff with uh, with with Ian, and then Ian accidentally 
uh, starts the spell. Yes. And uh, but is only able to bring half of his dad back from the yes. waist uh, waist down. Yes, from the waist down, and unfortunately, yes, the the jewel that is needed for to power the, the phoenix stone, the phoenix stone that is needed to focus the magical energy to complete the spell is destroyed in some way, and and uh, yeah, and I you know you can kind of feel like. The bro- I mean, one problem I think for Ian is his brother is so confident and is so overbearing and so, you know, is so overly helpful, is so, you know, so, so large a personality that you can kind of understand why some, a, a kid like Ian who, you know, has no other role model but his brother just kind of shrinks away from that, you know, kind of shrinks into himself. It's, it's, it was much easier probably growing up you know, for let his brother talk for him, let his brother do that, let his brother make these choices, let, you know. Now, you, so over time, you grew up with, uh, you were the oldest. Yep. You have two younger brothers. Sure. Did you, did you buy the brother dynamic between them? Um, yeah, actually I did, actually. I did it because uh, they bickered. <laughs> that was very accurate. And they, you know, they bickered in that way that's uh, so heartfelt, you know, that seems like, you know, that's almost like hatred, but it's it's, you know. It's has the the counter of love to it, you know, like it's yeah. that kind you of never you never weird... had someone going, I hate you, or there wasn't a, there wasn't any real ins- insults. No, no, they didn't they didn't do they didn't really bring that. This out is the a film. movie from now, and this, that's yeah, not a thing yeah, it's now. a lot different now. They're not throwing hockey sticks at each other like my brothers and I did, where we used them like spears to try to hurt each other. <laughs> but you know, those were different times, everyone. And yeah, I just and of course. Everyone's personalities are different, so you know, like Ian's not the sort of not the sort of boy who's going to engage in those sort of hijinks. And yeah, there's no, you know, there's no one's shadow that he's trying to escape from, but his brothers, you know. So that I, mean, I think that's part of it when he's talking to his the kids at school, and his brother comes tearing in in his van with a unicorn painted on the side, and you know drives up onto the curb, and part of the van falls apart, and and makes a big show of. Uh, you know, some sort of birthday celebration for his brother. Yeah. And no one's more embarrassing than family. No one's more embarrassing than family. And of course, Ian, who has, you know, had to use all his power of, of, you know, all his confidence to try to approach these kids, uh, just shrinks away from it and, you know, just ends up just hiding in the van. And yeah, I mean, I can, I can feel that, you know, like as someone who grew up as a very shy, timid person, I can, I can see that as a, you know, I went through school thinking that no one knew who I was. You know, that was junior high for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I remember a girl turned around one time after I started playing class and goes, you know, you're really smart, you know, because I was just an invisible person. So that's that, you know, I can, I'm all on the inside is what I'm saying. I can understand it. I, again, I liked, I liked that they had the students at the school not be bullies. I'm glad they didn't go down that, that yeah. easy road. Yeah. Uh, that's something. Well, especially that kind of over-exaggerated, we crazy We have talked bully. about that with uh, some of our, you know, episodes with Shazam. on like Shazam. Yeah. Uh, and, and and more like <laughs> you get you you get either Shazam or the other Tom Holland movie, uh, the Spider Man movies. Yeah, yeah, you know when you get a bully in uh, those Spider Man movies, it's a nerd bully. It's yeah. like a science. He's just bully. a verbal bully, or he's just like a snob. Right. He's more of a snob. Well, he's than he not a... like in Shazam, where yeah. they uh, take the disabled kid and uh, start kicking kicking him and uh, take, try to run him hit, over, hit him with a van. <laughs> <laughs> And, holy moly. <laughs> anyway, listen to that episode if you want to see what we do. Um, so the uh, the movie kind of starts in earnest where uh, the two brothers are going on a quest for the Phoenix Stone because 
uh, Barley knows. Uh, well, good. I'm glad. I couldn't remember his name. Barley, yes. Barley, yeah. Yes, yeah. Has a uh, you know has has some knowledge of how quests work, and because uh, he likes to play Dungeons and Dragons style games. That's right. He is. So he basically right. wants to go to see the uh, Manticore. He knows the Manticore will have a map to yeah, the Phoenix yeah, Stone. Because in a game of Dungeons and Dragons, yes. you go to the Manticore. Or in the game that he likes to play anyway. I don't know what it's called in the movie. But in that game, the Manticore has the map. And so they need to go. And so he presents. He's uses, he, he's actually using little cards as his. as his, yeah, It's uh, more Magic the Gathering than it is uh, ro- dice rolling. Uh, yeah, rolling. yeah. And he's using the cards to, sh- to demonstrate to Ian what they need to do. And one of the cards has this old tavern on it. And they're going to go to this tavern. And they're gonna, there they're going to find the Manticore. Right. Who will give them the map that they need. And so they get into Barley's van. Guinevere. Guinevere. And uh, zoom off at, at great speed with the father in tow. Right. And this I liked because, I don't know if they're going for this symbolically, but when you're a little kid, yes. your father is legs. Yeah. And I don't know if you ever had one of those incidents where you're uh, where you're lost and you grab your dad's legs and look up and it's the wrong guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I was like took my dad's hand and it was the wrong wrong hand. Yeah, Barley. As soon as I touched the hand, I knew it was wrong. Yeah, well, Barley. Uh, Barley has one memory of his. Uh, well, he's got a couple of memories of his father. Yeah, one that we'll reveal later. But uh, one that's a happy memory is him uh, tapping on his foot, doing shave and a haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's how they communicate with this with the father who is half formed. As they they communicate through his feet by doing the shave and haircut, then he knows his his, his children are there. And they build a top half for him, kind of weekend at Bernie style. Yeah, that's right. Yes, just to kind of disguise him from uh, Ian does anyway. Which again, here's the thing: it's uh, it feels like comedically that could be more. Like it's 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 okay, sure, it's fine. Yeah, but what what if you just had a pair of legs with you? Oh well, it seems to open itself up to yeah. This is some broad comedy. Let's 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 see, and it's all right. It's just, just nothing. That's nothing not where really they're going. That's not what they're going for, I guess. I mean, they might have been there in the storyboards, and then they decided not to. But when you've got a guy who's it. half a person, mm-hmm. it's hard to do subtle with that. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's setting your. And then when you put a, a fake dummy on top of them, yeah, I, you either go for broad comedy with that, or, or what are you? What are we doing? Here? <laughs> there's no. There's no other reason for that. All right. Okay. Um, so yeah, they go off and they go to, by the way, uh, Julie Lee Dreyfus says, as the mom is a very tough, tough mom, but gentle, yeah. uh, very kind at one point, Barley is wrestling with her and she flips him yeah. and, yeah. uh, she takes no, takes no business, she, but, uh, yes, she's she, a good mom for two boys. Yeah. She, she definitely loves, loves her mom. I kept and thinking that she's she currently seeing a, a, bron- a Colt Bronco, who is a centaur policeman. That's right. That is her. That is her boyfriend. The boys don't really like him very much because he is a bit of a corny guy, and also you're not going to like anyone who's there to replace your father. Yeah, that's, that's always just, that's, that's always just the way it is. Right. I would not want to be a stepfather. Uh, yeah, he's uh, t- he tells dad jokes, but he's not your dad. And if you're a good stepfather, congratulations, you are doing a really hard job. Mm-hmm. Harder um, than mine. So, so good on uh, uh, good good on you, uh, uh, Mike Brady. Um, Mike Brady, that's right. Yeah, yeah, not a real person. Anyway, and the centaur was no, no. I'm, just, I'm talking about actual <laughs> stepfathers out there, not oh, just okay, not right. to a centaur stepfather. <laughs> I know centaurs aren't real. Thank you, though. All right, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so they go to the Manticore's uh, tavern. We think it's going to be a old timey tavern. I don't know why we think that. Yeah, because everything else in this whole world is modern and normal. Can I just point out that yeah. Colt Bronco drives a 
Bronco police car, which feels a little on the nose, like a little too much Bronco. Also, how does he drive a police car? I know. It's so it gets gets to me. But you know what? I'm not a kid. So I, a kid will watch this movie and they won't be asking these questions. So and I'm not going to worry about to it. To me, part of the fun of when you have this kind of world is how would a centaur ride a bike? Yeah. How would a centaur well, yeah. deal with this? But it, the way they play it is, oh, he just keeps bashing into everything because he's got a horse uh, butt. And yeah. So he's smashing everything Yeah, but around. he should – there should be – like, yeah, that's a problem too. Because yeah, like, he should be used to having a horse butt and, not, and be completely agile and, and fine. You don't see horses knocking yeah, stuff over. Yeah, he's being a jerk about it or yeah. just doesn't know how his ass works. Yeah, yeah. Like – yeah, and then like, okay, so how do you, how do you do things as a cop? Yeah, I don't know. You know, have to uh, again. It's a he's got four legs. He's got four we've legs. Got, we've got cyclopses. Yeah. Uh, so uh, okay, we got cyclops. Do you have the old Futurama depth perception problem because you got one eye? Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't really we don't do anything with well, it. We didn't have a cyclops, but yeah. Yeah, he did. There's a, sense, a, a cyclops later on. There's a cyclops police officer later on. Oh. That stop that stops them. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you, and, and, and you like her cause she's in a same sex relationship. And as you always say, haha, they got one of those in Disney. <laughs> um, easily cut out. I so they go to the, I don't think so. It seemed to be a necessary. Pretty, in, pretty inter- in, Manta, in. Yeah. They go to the Manticore's Tavern, but it's, uh, you know, it's just a family restaurant. It's become a family restaurant, which I, I like that as a, as a, I thought it was a good gag. Yeah. To, to me, it was like, well, everything is this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it didn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there you go. And and so the Manticore is, uh, you know, running things, running things pretty well. Yeah. And, uh, She's running a, running a restaurant. There and it's all the thing. A lot of people are having their birthday that day. Yeah. Same uh, birthday as, uh, as Ian. Um, it's a popular day. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they, uh, it says here in the uh, Wikipedia, this is how we go about things because we're, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, memory is uh, what it is. Yeah. So uh, in an argument with, uh, with Ian over the map, uh, Corey, who is the Manticore, realizes how boring her life has become and drives the customers away in a fit of rage. Yes. Because uh, she's showing, like, no, the, the map's just here on display. They want the map. She won't give them the map. Yeah. And then she realizes, oh, what have I become? Yeah, yeah. So this, to me, feels like they're out and out saying one of the themes of the movie, yeah. which is people who aren't what they should be. Yeah. So okay. what is that symbolic of? We've turned our back on the magic world, and we've embraced this the the world that is like the normal the human mundane world. world yeah. The mundane world of but again, but there's no humans, so there's nothing to compare it to. Were there no humans? There's no humans in this world. It's a magical world. Well, the wizards, I guess. Wizards are humans. They've just learned magic, right? There's human. There's human types here, like a, a wizard, like a Gandalf type wizard. Okay, you know they got, they got Gandalf isn't guys. a human though. Are you born a wizard? He's like in, a uh, different Lord being. Yeah, he's a different being. Oh. Okay, yeah. I thought a wizard was just someone who studies. No, magic. no, they're not. They're not men. Okay, that's why when he he can come back again when he when he gets. Uh, Is no one in the Lord of the Rings a human? Yeah, Aragorn's a human. Okay, but there's no humans in this. There's no humans in this. No, no. Okay, so um, <laughs> so everyone in that restaurant, yeah, seems to be having a good time. Sure do. They're all enjoying themselves. They were anyway. That's right. And then she loses her mind, <laughs> loses her mind. and like is setting stuff on fire, and <laughs> yeah, everyone's yeah. screaming, and they drives them out. Yeah. But it seems like the movie is saying she's right to do this. She this this should not be the way this tavern should be. Um, it's not really saying that's right. Feels like it is. But when you when the police are there, I've wasted and stuff my like that. you know basically she's like yeah, I've yeah. wasted my life here. This isn't who I am. Yeah. Uh, and then we're supposed to be happy later on when we go back to the tavern and it's changed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. So. It's wrong that everyone was having a good time in this restaurant. No, no, it's right they're having a good time in the restaurant. It's wrong for her to be doing that, though. Okay. 
You can't be a slave to other people. Was she being a slave to other people? Yeah, she, like was. she was. She being just... a slave to other people's expectations. That's what this. That's part of what this movie is about. Is you know how it's not okay. Well, wait a second. Now, it's not just a magic. Good. I want to gonna... follow. I want to well, follow up on like. Let me just I say. I want to know what is this movie about, and you've got an idea of what this movie is about. Well, I don't think this is what the movie is about, but I think okay. this is a a part of of the story in the in the film is the idea that magic has gone into the world not because people are just lazy, but also because we just do what everyone else is doing. So if everyone else is turning on a light switch, then you're like, well, I guess I'll just turn on a light switch too, because I don't need to like go to the trouble of learning a spell and making fire and putting on a torch and carrying a torch around with a flame on it when I can just turn on a light, you know? Where I would compare it to... Everyone's driving cars now. Okay, I'll drive a car too. I Get rid of my broom. Yeah. I'll stop running around like a centaur. I would and being compare it to like, uh, I could either make my own loaf of bread or I could go buy a loaf of bread or even more so have someone deliver a loaf of bread to me sure i could i, I could i could go with it that's yep. what they're saying is those like, are all things too do, sure. you should do you know more we should be more connected with what's real and in what and in this world what's real is magic yeah and when people embrace magic and what they really are they seem happier um but i don't quite get what the message of the movie is like okay. i don't get why the brother who loves magic so much yeah. wants nothing more than to do magic. Yeah. Magic is denied him. Mm. You cannot have that. Yeah. Why? Why is why is magic denied him? Don't know. Yeah. But it matters. Like why so so it's 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 the problem of the you know it's almost the incredibles thing of like why is someone getting superpowers and yeah, well, that make you thing. special or, or, or why is Spider-Man why did Spider-Man get bitten by a spi- uh, the, the radioactive spider and and the other guy didn't you know why does he get to be Spider-Man and other people don't get to be Spider-Man I mean it's just the luck of the draw that life is like that sometimes yeah but if if that was you know uh, the other person going man all my life I've wanted spider powers all I care about is spider powers yeah. man I love spider powers oh my brother just got spider powers yeah. what does that mean what are you saying? What yeah. are you saying? Why? Why is is it like if he actually did get the magic, he wouldn't be able to handle it? I He's, don't know if that's what the movie's saying at all. I just think yeah, I don't either. Li- that's the way my, life, that is my problem. The way is, life works sometimes, I guess. Okay, so uh, <laughs> life isn't always fair, is it? It's not. It's not that it's fair, but movies aren't aren't uh, you know this is fair and this is not. But they can be movies. Movies are. Uh, we've got a story to tell. Yeah. And in that story that we're telling, we're assigning certain characteristics to people. Yeah. We're giving certain people things. We're taking things away from sure. other people. Yeah. But in the furtherance of the story and what we're trying to say usually, especially yeah. in something where it feels like this kind of movie is on its sleeve telling you, okay, she should be a full-on manticore. Like, she shouldn't be doing this. That's yeah. her going down the wrong path. Yeah. Uh, those pixies, they're going down the wrong path. They're all mad and nasty and bad. Why? Because they're not embracing who they are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ian. Ian is, uh, is letting fear stay. They're still in kind his- of bad and nasty when they're pixies. When they're flying around as pixies too, by the way. But anyway. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're better off. <laughs> okay. So what's, so what are you, what are you saying? Um, okay. So plot wise. Well, I so, mean, go ahead. It works in the way that it's the balance of the characters too, though, right? So Barley is the true believer. He, buys magic he he believes in all this stuff he believes not just in magic but he believes in the whole idea of the quest and what it all means and how it works ian is the doubter even though ian has this ability he doesn't believe what what barley believes you know like when they reach that point where barley's like we gotta take this road because this is going to be the road that will guide us the right direction 
Ian's like, well, if we go on the freeway, it'll be faster. And Bart is like, no, that is too obvious. That won't take us the right direction. Well, this is the, okay. You know, so now, you have, you have okay, to have you gotta, that kind no, of conflict between This is those a very two. important thing to bring up. Sure. Okay. So Barley, again, says this a couple of times. And then it's it's one of these things that's reiterated at the end of the movie. It's like, hey, we're going to state the point one more time. Yeah. This, as in, this is what the message of the movie is. Which is, you could go the obvious route. Yeah. And to me, the obvious route is turn on the light switch. Yeah. Go the simple way. Yeah. Or, but that's the wrong way. They yeah. literally say that's the wrong way. That will lead to death. That will lead to a gelatinous cube. That will lead to you being killed. Yeah. You should go the... Well, they, they find the gelatinous cube when they go the the. I know, but he's right telling way. a story earlier about uh, a person that he knows that went the straight route, okay. and they ended up being killed by a gelatinous cube. Okay. And the moral of the story is, don't go the straight route. Go the roundabout right yeah. way. That's the way to go in a, in a quest. Yeah. So it feels the moral of the story, aside from some family issues we're going to yeah. get to, is don't go the straight way. That'll, that leads to death, whether mm. it's spiritual death or physical death, uh, spiritual death with the manticore, real death with gelatinous cube. Go the roundabout way. That's the way to do it. Because that's the way magic is. It's harder, but you'll get to the right spot. Okay. That's the message, and I still don't get what that really means. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's telling us to stop using light bulbs. Seems like we're literally telling you, go the more difficult route, or you'll get killed. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, they they see uh, written on kind of a child's coloring uh, thing they've got there, which has the manticores which is a child's version of the magic. Let me just let me just interrupt you. Sorry. Okay, please. Just for a second, because I'm just thinking about this now. Maybe what they're saying, and I, I whatever, maybe what they're saying is that you know when you go through life, mm-hmm. there's going to be ways that are that look easy for you to take shortcuts in life that might seem like they're the right path because they're fast and they're quick and easy, but life is really about struggle and the need to push ahead through conflict. Go the through, difficult route. Not not that you have to go the difficult route, but it's going to be difficult. What might look like the easy route to take will not get you where you need to go. That you sure. that, that life like isn't about shortcuts. Life is about sure. whatever. Like it doesn't necessarily mean that you're that you have to break all your light your light switches in your house. But this that you mm-hmm. need to, <laughs> but that you that life life is about struggle. The need to forge ahead. The need to you're going to meet people who aren't going to like you. You're going to need to go past those people. You're going to meet people who are going to want to stop you from doing what you want to do. You need to go past those people. You're going to reach situations that are going to be difficult. They're going to be hard. They're going to be heartbreaking. They're going to break you down. They're going to try to kill you. And you need to go through those to get to where you need to go in life. Maybe that's what it's a part. I don't know. I don't know. That's just a pop to my mind when you. Yeah. No. That's uh, that sounds like a Pixar thing. Okay. So um, you just wish it had been clearer. Again, I don't quite get what okay. what, the, what they're trying to say sure. and why they're trying to say it. Okay. Uh, just light bulbs are bad. I know that much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they find a children's menu that's uh, the uh, Manticore's map. Uh, Charles because she she burns she burns the actual the map actual one because she doesn't want them to go on this quest. But She's afraid a for their one safety. That's based on that, and the child has filled out a puzzle and it says Raven's Point. Let me just point out that even though she goes full on and decides that what the restaurant is isn't her she does prevent them from going on the quest by by destroying the map or attempt to prevent yeah. them by destroying the map because she's a concern for their safety so she hasn't completely gone over to the sort of idea that she's like a wild animal that, that, but know. she used to be a manticore that would give a give people a map and usually that would lead to their deaths yeah so she's yeah. got some guilt about that yes there you go yeah someone yeah. on a quest that yeah. way yeah um so so as much as they've lost touch with 
the magical world. Yeah. She still was part of the magical world, at least when she was younger. Yeah. So it's not a generation, more than a generation ago that things were that magic. Unless well, she's we don't know immortal. how old she is. That's yeah. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't know, how know how old anybody is except for Ian. Yeah. We know yeah. he's 16. Yeah. But we don't even know 16 what. <laughs> we assume years. 16 centuries old. Okay. So, um, so then, uh, uh, it's Barley. Worth, it's worth pointing out that this world in every way is an analog to our world. Yeah. You know, Besides the fact that it's full of pixies and elves and, and you would, centaurs. Yeah, and there's else. like a, a mountain doom instead of mountain dew. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you got that. But yeah. but then, aside from that, really no, no other jokes like that. No. Which is a weird thing to me. It's just like, oh, we're going to yeah. do that. Yeah. Nope. But we're not going to do that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Raven's Point, they see a nearby mountain uh, as a possible location of the gem. But I think uh, at that point, Barley uh, is like, no, no, it's not that. It's where the raven's pointing. Well, we're, we're kind of missing a few things. Sure, so please. Because they they run out of gas. Right. So we have the scene where, I, I don't know, is this like, do they fight during the sequence? I can't remember what it was now. I think that Ian feels like if they'd stayed on the freeway, this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. They'd be okay. But instead, he has to now waste time. Because I mean, for him, everything that Barley's trying to do is wasting precious time and that they could be spending. And he's got a list of things he wouldn't want to do right. with his dad, like he, play catch, go for a walk, share your feelings. Have a heart-to-heart, have yeah. Have a heart-to-heart. Yeah. And so he's, yeah, so he's got this list of things, and he's slowly seeing that the time is, is going down. He's set his watch. He's turned on his watch, and he's set a timer that's counting down the 24 hours. So, so for this, for him, this is a disaster. And, of course, this is where they meet the, uh, the Pixies, yeah. At this gas station where they where they go to, I guess they go to fill up. Is that yeah? Fill up on uh, yeah. They need they need gasoline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They he tries to uh, make the gasoline can that he's got bigger. Oh yeah, that's so, right. Uh, but instead makes his uh, brother uh, smaller. Smaller. That's right. Makes Barley so, smaller. You know, you think yeah. that would lead to more jokes, but doesn't really. Again, there's all these ideas. They're like, well, that's that's interesting. Mm. And what are we going to do with there's it? A, there's a lot of story in this movie, so they have to kind of keep it moving. Like it feels though, also with that. So now the big brother is a little brother yeah. and has to be kind of taken care of. Yeah. By this, but brother. resents it. Resents it, of course. Yeah, that sounds that sounds interesting. But they don't really do anything with it. So then they show up at the gas station, and it's a it's a gang of pixies who are on motorcycles. Yeah. And as motorcycle gangs have not learned since Pee Wee's Big Adventure, don't line up your bikes yeah, that close. It looks cool. And put on, it makes, because one of them's going to hit it and the other, they're all going to fall over and you're going to get mad. It looks so cool. You got to do it that way. You can't, there's no other way to park it. So they're all angry and, uh, <laughs> thing, yeah. there we are. Anyway. Yeah. So the boys have to, uh, race to the van and, uh, get inside. And they're chased by the pixies. Chased by the pixies, and that's pretty fun, pretty good chase sequence yeah, there. Yeah, nice action scene there. Yeah, that's fine. a lot of fun. Uh, the, meanwhile, uh, the manticore uh, burned down her uh, tavern. Uh, the mum is looking for her, her sons. Yeah. Meets the manticore. Yeah. And the manticore lets her know that uh, that uh, there's a curse on the phoenix stone. And if, and if they gets that uh, phoenix stone... Uh, that's going to be unleashed, and the boys they, don't know this. They don't know that. They and uh, tell. I'll just go ahead with their plot a little bit. Uh, while they bond, which is nice having them bond. Yeah. Uh, they need a sword, magical sword that's going to defeat it. Yeah. They go to 
a uh, pawn shop. Yes. And uh, and uh, they they want to get, but they, they this is actually where I went to the bathroom. Oh, so okay. you can tell me what happens at the pawn shop. Sure, sure. So I do know that Tracy Ullman was the pawn shop owner. The, Tracy Ullman was a pawn shop owner. That is correct. And so in the story, they go in to get this uh, sword, and they go, "Well, we want this sword here." And they find the Manticore sword because she pawned it. Uh, she was having a little bit of money, a little tax trouble. She said yep. so. So she had to pawn her sword, and so she says to the store owner, "How much for the sword?" And she goes, ten dollars." And they're like, "Or ten, whatever the money yeah. is, ten dollars, let's say." And of course, the Manticore can't stop singing its praises, says it's the only sword in the world, the only sword that can do this thing that we need, and da da da. And so suddenly it goes from ten. Oh, she just says ten. She goes ten. She goes, "Oh no, ten thousand. And at that point, uh. The mom tries to bargain with her, with this woman who, of course, is now taking advantage of them. And the man, of course, stings her with its scorpion tail and knocks her out. Doesn't yeah. doesn't kill her, just knocks her unconscious. Right. And uh, That's how scorpions work. That's exactly right. Well, <laughs> manticore scorpions. A little mm-hmm. different. A little different. And uh, they they uh, grab the sword and they she gives the $10 plus a little bit extra for her their troubles. They run into the shop. Kindly turning the clothes sign to, yeah. to the clothes sign note, and then they they take she's off. She's on her side, so she won't swallow her lo- large yeah. tongue. I think yeah. she's a lizard creature. She's sort of lizardy, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, they carry on, they carry on, like to find the boys. Again, that scene, I feel like you could play it a little differently, where the Manticore has forgotten who she is really as mm-hmm. a as a you know a be a monster kind yeah. of, and then remembers. Oh, I've got a, I've got a tail. Like I got, I, I can just do this the Manticore way yeah. instead of the businesswoman way who was having tax problems and had to deal with this woman before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it just feels like they don't really, they, they do it just like, oh yeah, no, I got a Manticore tail done, done. Okay, that problem was solved. We just, it well, feels it was... like you're in a video game where there's a puzzle, and then instead you just punch the guy and knock him unconscious, yeah. and now you leave. I'm like. Yeah, I mean that gets you where you're going. Keep it moving. That's what this it, movie it, says. It keeps it, it keeps it moving. Keep this movie moving. It's fine, but it's not hilarious. It's not it's the best action thing. Like you think, like this is a pawn shop. Oh, what's in it? Well, it's got this magic sword that can kill, you know, a dragon uh, or a curse, whatever the cursed beast. Yeah. Oh, there must be so much other great stuff in this uh, pawn shop. My God, a magical pawn shop. What have people been bringing in? Yeah, you don't want to. You don't need to see any of that. Oh. Well, so, there's not. Why is it magical? No one magic is gone from this world. Okay. Well, the sword is still the sword magic. is magical. Yes. So when people are pawning stuff in this in this world, like yeah. you know, uh, the the mum has a staff that you know is magical in her attic. So there's magical stuff in the world. It's not. It's not magical, but yeah. The staff is. No. Yeah, it is. No, it's a. Fo- it focuses. That's what they said in the movie. Yeah, it focuses well, a, the magical power okay. of Ian. It's yeah, all right. It's half of a magic thing. It needs okay. another magical element. Sure, but we're in a world it where a, it needs a person who can do magic to to use. Right, it. but magic. Are is, you telling me that there's no magic in this world anymore? That's is what that what you feel? Yeah, that's I think it's that people aren't using it, but it's not that there's no magic in the world anymore. Because again, once the once the pixies uh, learn to use their wing, figure need to, they use their wings and like. Yeah, it's it's there. It's just not really being used. Mm-hmm. So it feels like. But that's not the pixies aren't. That I mean the pixies are magical creatures, but they're not. They're not magic. Like part of the film, like the like Barley is well known to the police in the town because he is trying to stop the destruction of historic magical. Yes. You know monuments in the city. So, but the cities don't care about magic anymore. So they're just destroying these monuments, mm-hmm. right? So that's part of the story as well. So it's not just that magic is gone. Magic is being destroyed by this new okay. mundane world. Well, it still feels like then 
Um, Manticores it, are pawning their magic swords for God's sake. Fine. Then I then other inert or uh, not currently being used magical items yeah. should be in the pawn shop. Okay. And just, stuff to the gills. Let's have fun with that. Okay. You know, let's see that again. All these all these ideas are presented. Yeah. And then not followed up on and extrapolated into. Oh, why would this be interesting? Instead, these two go on a road trip. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, the mom, who's like really kind of a straight-laced yeah. mom, but, you know, has kind of a heart of fire, like who's, yeah. you know, looking after, wants to get her kids. And then the manticore, who used to be this fierce monster uh, and uh, now is compromised and like now these two women are on a road trip together. Yeah. All right. Here we go to nothing. Nothing. We do nothing with that. And it's like, what, well, why? Why not? Why don't you want to do anything? What are we doing? Nothing. Meanwhile, back with Ian. Back to the main story. Back with Ian and uh, and Barley. Yeah. Uh, they um, they're uh, they're they're in they're in the van. Uh, at some point, they oh yeah, uh, the contact the centaur is contacted. Yeah. They well as they're driving, they're driving erratically. Yes. And, and they're stopped by the cyclops. They're stopped by talking about. they're stopped by a manticore or by another centaur and a cyclops. I didn't I didn't notice that. Yeah. Okay. And. Yes. Yeah, one is a one is a fawn and the other is a cyclops. Oh, okay, one's a fawn, one's a cyclops. Okay, and they, um, yeah, and so of course the boys use a magic spell mm-hmm. that Ian has to tell the truth. He cannot lie, but he so he, to and otherwise he has to tell them that he likes big butts because he, he cannot, cannot lie. lie exactly, and disguises himself. He disguises himself as Colt Bronco. They're they're. Uh, Mother's boyfriend. Good scene, well presented. Uh, like the like the way they show the illusion. That yeah, was good. yeah. I like the illusion. I like the fact that he can't lie, but he can't help himself because he cannot he cannot admit to who he is and what's happening. He's got to constantly but be. But again, they set up something and then they don't freaking do it. They do follow through though. No, in this they don't instance. follow up on this bit, which is okay. where the brother says to him, "Like you, just ask, just keep asking questions." Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is almost this is an old improv game where it's just like, yeah. well, let's just keep going with the questions for a while and build it, build it to comedic advantage. But yeah. almost like two questions in, uh, the Cyclops goes, I know she didn't answer my question. Well, <laughs> yeah, okay, then what are we? Who's on first? Uh, oh, you mean like the name and not? Uh, oh, because it would be confusing otherwise. Uh, yeah, like that. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> All right, thanks, Cyclops. So the purpose of this scene, though, is that the psych the. Uh, Cyclops asks, "Oh, they're talking to Colt Bronco, and they yeah. say, i 'I've heard that you're. I heard that one of the kids that you're looking after is a bit of a, a, a dingbat or a nut, you know, a bit of a nut.' Yeah. And and uh, and Ian reveals his true feelings about his brother. Yeah, he's when he a, has to deny he's a loser. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. That's the way it goes. That's yeah. right. And so when he says, "No, he's not a loser," he because as, if he lies, part of the disguise he's wearing disappears, right. and so. You know, slowly as he's trying to pretend to be Colt Bronco because he keeps inadvertently telling the truth, he keeps losing parts of Colt yeah. Bronco's, you know, is, is the horse ear disappears or whatever. And so, and so when they ask, well, I heard your bre- his brother's, or this, I heard one of the brothers a real big loser or whatever. And he yeah. says, no, he's not. He's lying when he says that part of his disguise disappears. And so his brother knows his true feelings about him. And so I th- that's to me, it was the purpose of the scene, not to go into a question thing, but I yeah. guess he could have incorporated that as well. But, you know, so then that's the conflict in the film. Then we know that we know how Ian views his brother. Yeah, as not just not just like a loudmouth, not as a that's right, yeah, but as a loser. Yeah, and the you know, and just wasted his life. Yeah. Waste, wasted his life. 
is wasting their chance to see their father by taking them down this completely wrong path that in no way is going to get them to where they want to go. Sure. And, of course, they do take off in the van. They they zoom off, and then I guess the uh, Cyclops, one of them, realizes something's up and, and, and... Calls radios, radios, uh, yeah, radios. There's their, their uh, mom's boyfriend. Yeah, and I get, I get that that is the point of the scene. But when you're writing a scene, you can't just have to me it get to it that fast. It's so yeah. direct. Yeah, you know, and it's just like done. Yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's exactly what you think. Mm-hmm. It like immediately gets you emotionally to where you know gets the emotional conflict that we need at this point in the movie yeah but in a not subtle way like it's it's very clever the illusion and then and then yeah it's just to hey uh you think that uh, guy's a loser right yeah uh no uh, okay like there's a way of getting to that that isn't just that direct sure it's just so on the nose and and that to me is the the problem with this movie in in total is like Everything works well on paper. Everything works well plot-wise. Yeah. Everything's fine. I like all these characters, but you're not giving me enough. It could have used two or three more drafts and just a little bit more care. That's okay. me. <laughs> so, yeah, now we get into a bit of a chase thing with uh, Colt Bronco and, uh, and, and, and the van with Guinevere. They're having, of course, they're mad at each other in the van. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it comes to a, a, a conflict where uh, you know they're trying to use magic powers to 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 dislodge a, a boulder that will block the police. He's being chased by many police, Thelma and Louise style. Yeah. Um, well, the, bef- before this is the ahead. is the scene where uh, Ian has to create a mind a mind bridge across. Oh, sorry. About across that. Yes. a deep a bottomless gap. Yes. So they come to yes they come. Well, first before that actually they. See in the distance, they find they see a raven. Yes, and they realize that this could mean that Barley's right. That this was the way to go. That this was the raven's point. The raven is pointing in the direction they need to go, and so they head in that direction. Then they find this deep chasm, and now Ian has to create an invisible bridge over this bottomless yes. chasm, and he has to trust himself, which is something that he has a lot of trouble with. Right. And so this this feels like that's that's a that's something that could have been set up a little bit more before. It sure. was like trust yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he insists that now this part I didn't really understand because you have to trust yourself in order to cross this bridge. Yes, but he in, he insists that Barley tie him up with a rope, and I just think that if that was the case, then it wouldn't shouldn't work because you have a rope that means you're not trusting yourself. But you need the Dumbo moment here where. Dumbo loses the feather, doesn't realize he's yeah, lost yeah. the feather, but can still fly. Yeah, and so that exactly right. That's what happened. So we have Ian crossing this mine bridge, which is pretty cool. The effect, of the the way they do it, is pretty yeah. neat. And partway across, the rope comes untied and comes off of his waist, and he doesn't realize it because he's so intent on what he's doing. Of course, yeah. he's crossing the in the like, air. Don't look back. Yeah, don't look back. <laughs> Just keep going straight. And as he rope's then, still around me, right? Keep going straight. Keep going straight. Yeah. And then he um, he gets very close to the edge, and he makes the mistake of turning to sort of you know look at his brother and say yeah. I did it. And then he realizes the rope isn't there. He loses all confidence. He almost falls to his death, but he luckily saves himself. He's close enough to the edge that he's able to pull himself back on. Yeah. And then drop a drawbridge who, so they can drive the, the van over. Who's the famous character that looked back? Odysseus. Who, is, who am I thinking about? 
Uh, not Odysseus. Um, you're thinking of Orpheus. Orpheus. Yes, yeah. he looks looking back. back making but it's not him. It's not him. It's it's uh, the woman that he goes to hell to to rescue. She looks back. She looks back, and then she he she, he loses her forever. Right. This also reminded me of the scene in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where there's a, a an invisible bridge of faith that uh, Indy has to step out, mm. and his his father is the one just going believe believe, mm. and he steps. I don't out remember that the, scene. And, I... and, uh, yeah, it's basically the same scene. Yeah, yeah. Invisible bridge that sure. he's got to cool. go across. Cool. Um, so yeah, so. They are able to drive across the drawbridge. Unfortunately, Colt Bronco, who is now in pursuit of them, knowing where they are, he uh, goes tearing across this bridge as well and chases them. And this is when they uh, we come to the rock sequence where they reach a they reach a dead end to the road. They can't go any farther forward, further farther. And then they um, Barley wants Ian to cast a spell and dis- you know a lightning bolt, which we have heard we've was established at the beginning as the most difficult spell for him to do. Right. Because it involves him knowing the spell, you know, trusting himself. And one other thing, I can't remember what it was, but he's slowly learned all these various steps through the various spells that he's done up to this point in the film. And, but he can't, he just doesn't have the confidence in himself yet to be able to do this spell and do it effectively. So instead, Barley sacrifices his beloved Guinevere, his van that belonged to his father and, he, you know, starts it up, gets it going in the right direction, puts a rock on the gas pedal and sends it into this, into this cliff where it knocks on the rocks and blocks the police yeah, from pursuing. he makes a big sacrifice. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's very good. And, but because of his, not only his love for his father, but his love for Ian, you know, like part, of, I think part of why the story is like, the story is what it is, is because it's, it's, and it'll reveal in a bit, but I'm going to talk about it now, which sure. is that. It's just that Ian realizes how important Barley was in his life and how much Barley gave to him in terms of, you know, like as an older brother, instead of excluding Ian from his life and being like a jerk older brother, sitting in his room, listening to heavy metal music on his headphones, he included Ian in his life. He taught Ian to swim. He, you know, gave him his advice. He's And when it turns out that Ian has this magical ability, so it's Barley's always wanted, Barley doesn't get mad. He doesn't throw a, have a sulk. He's excited for Ian, that Ian has this ability, that Ian has this opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's excited to take Ian and to go on Ian with this, on this quest to help their, to see their father as well. You know, like there's no point in the story where he is, un, he, he is unwilling to sacrifice himself or unwilling to, you know, give all that he has in order for Ian to, to pursue his dreams, you know, like right. he's really supportive of him. And I think that's an important part of his character, you know, an important part of the story as well. And so, yes, so the, the rocks come crashing down and now they have to continue on on foot, leading their father with a, with a um, dog, a dog leash or a tractable dog leash. And they walk from raven to raven until finally they find a raven that's looking down. Yeah. And they, they wipe away whatever, you know, has been growing and has been obscures and it discovers there's a mirror on the ground and the raven's looking down into the mirror and they're like, Barley tries to lift it. And Ian realizes that there's a image in the mirror that, and he reaches up and he pokes at it. And it's a little stone that's encased in yep. this, that's kind of inside this, this, this raven. And it tells them it has like a symbol on it. It's waves. And then there's an X. Yep. And so Ian looks at that and he, or Barley looks at that and he says, okay, this means we have to go on the water and we have to, and that will take us to this point. So 
Do they have to lower themselves into a hole to get to the water? I think so. I do know that uh, that he's eating cheesies through this. Yes, that's right. So they yeah. end up using one of the cheesies, making it big, and yeah, it he succeeds in making it big, which he couldn't do before. But this time, he's able to. He's gotten this much farther ahead with his magic in that he's able to make the che- this uh, Cheeto into a giant floating Cheeto. And so, what were those Cheetos called? They must have had a, a witty name, or not? Didn't they have anything? Nope. Okay. And then, uh, <laughs> sorry, I can't remember how they get to the water. I don't don't know if they have to climb down something or if they just go to the river yeah, I don't, I don't, and get into the river and start yeah, walking following really the river. I'm not sure either. But yeah, they get into the they get into the river. I think that they're yeah, and then they realize and, uh, and barley keeps eating the uh, Cheeto as they're uh, going. He's like, stop eating it. Well, the reason that they do it is because um, barley says, you know what? If we keep walking, we're never going to get there. So we need to make a make some sort of something to float on. So then, uh, Ian enlarges the, the thingy and then he also casts a spell that makes it go faster so they're speeding along through the water and yes and then barley is also eating the the cheeto as they go which to be fair i would also do that sure you know it's a giant it's a giant cheeto pretty good so i can't remember what happens then do they get it do they get attacked by something or did something happen well they eventually uh they actually end up in a uh, a tunnel uh, where uh, they open up, the ceiling opens up, and a gelatinous cube comes down. Okay, that's right. And that's uh, the a gelatinous cube that dissolves everything, and they've got to that's right. get out of the way for that. And there's a puzzle uh, where you have to hit uh, um, a pressure point on the bottom at the same time as you, I think, open something at the top. It's definitely a two person two person thing. And so, oh, that was when the water though. This is so before that they they come to like a a pathway that's kind of like. That's kind of like uh, Indiana Jones again, which yeah. is like if you you step on these flagstones in a particular pattern, or arrows which will shoot is, at you. Yeah, exactly from uh, from uh, the same movie. Yeah, that's right. But I like that they go. I just said like, Indiana Jones, but yeah, and uh, the Last Crusade. Yeah, what they. Um, okay. But then they go like, uh, we don't have time for this, and then just run. Yeah, they just grab shields just run and just run. No, <laughs> yeah, listen, yeah, we all yeah. know what that is. No, no, we're not doing that. We're just yeah, gonna yeah. run. Yeah. And so then uh, a, a, a gap opens in the floor. And they are able to get over that because Ian makes a, a trust bridge, and oh no, he no he makes there's, barley float right. Well, there's this, there's spikes on the floor, and then barley almost falls into the spikes, but he makes barley float with oh a, that's right that's bridge. right yeah. And then he uses him to to jump over that's to the right. side, and then he lifts barley over, and the gelatinous cube falls into the the hole and is stuck there. They carry on. And by the way, uh, one thing that you learn from gelatinous cubes, yeah. bones are very difficult to dissolve. Yes. Everything else dissolves, but bones, no yeah. dice. Maybe the gelatinous cube would choke on a bone. Yeah. And so it's like, you yeah. know what? I shouldn't eat the bone. Shouldn't eat the bone. Yeah. Or they, just, they, they don't need the calcium. That could be. Yeah. Too much is bad for them. It hardens the, hardens the gelatinous cube. So then they, um, they go in through some sort of doorway. They get into this room, and then it starts to fill with water. And that's where we have this puzzle. Yep. Where the room is filling with water. There's a there's a stone on the floor that needs to be depressed, and, and and that will open up the a thing on the top. But they can't stay underwater long enough for them to be able to get back up to the surface. So they use the father, yeah, who doesn't need to be there. He's just a pair of legs with a magical floaty star kind of field thingy. And oh, that reminds me. There's one kind of weird part in the film where. It just shows the night sky, mm-hmm. and this is the most beautiful night sky I've ever seen. It's just like this, full of like the cloudy nebulas and all that kind of beautiful stuff that you see when you think of night sky. And it's just like this one second shot of this beautiful night sky, and you never see it again, mm-hmm. or it's never used again. And it's just kind of like, gee, that's beautiful. What a lot of work someone went to to create that 
one second of, it's probably of, something that neil degrasse tyson will complain about in uh, some sort of article and we'll just go <laughs> ah, well, that wasn't right i guess that's what they did it for just keep neil degrasse tyson entertained yeah. so then so then the father depresses the uh the, the stone in the bottom they're able to that it opens up this this uh this stone or some kind of circle, thing in the yeah. circle on the ceiling that looks suspiciously like something to me and i was like oh i think i know what's gonna happen and then they climb out and it just turns out They've just climbed out of a manhole cover in back in, back into the real world and they're just in front of Ian's school. Yeah. And he is so mad. He is so mad at, at Barley that he just says, he looks at his watch. They have very little time left with their father now. The, the sun is starting to set and he just says, you know what? I can't talk to him, but at least I can spend some time with him. I'm just going to go. And he just wanders off and Barley's just left and he's like, but no, this is, this is part of the quest. We still have to find. Yeah you know what we need and so he could um, let me throw out this is what the point of the movie is real quick uh and this seems like an obvious thing Mm -hmm. but like uh, ian is constantly we got to get to where we got to get get to go yeah yeah. and uh they're going the long route and in the end you find out that it isn't the destination it's the journey yeah yeah i'm sure that's i'm sure that's part of it too that is the quest is the thing there's lots of the objective is not the thing but the quest and what you what you gain the friends you make along the way, yeah, uh, is the thing. Okay, go ahead. So he's sitting. So Ian's sitting with his father, uh, the, watching the sunset, knowing that this is the last time he'll be able to spend with him before he disappears forever. Barley's run across to this monument that we saw earlier in the film, this fountain that he was yeah. trying to protect from being Could I destroyed. Ask, has Barley revealed his secret yet to Ian? Oh, that the, the his the bad memory. Secret. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, yes, got, I think this has already happened. Yeah. Okay, he's got three good memories. Yeah. And uh, there's one bad memory. And the one bad memory is when his father was sick and uh, hooked up to tubes and yeah. machines. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he uh, didn't go to see him. Yeah, he was too mother, scared. Yeah, he was too scared to, to, to go and say goodbye. Yeah. He saw, he saw him and, and, and he didn't look like himself. Yeah. And so he, 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 didn't, he didn't say goodbye. Yeah. Now, first of all, that hit me a little deep because that's sort of a similar thing with me and my grandfather. So I was like, okay, okay. now I'm starting to I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> but but the again the the writer part of me just went okay the problem with this is Chris Pratt has already done this and this is Guardians of the Galaxy okay like that starts with him with his sick mom yeah and it's like you know hold your mom's hand you know she's she's dying and yeah. he doesn't want to hold her hand he can't he can't deal with the fact that this is this is going on mm-hmm. and then and then loses her without holding well, holding her hand and yeah that, like messes him up for forever yeah and it's like yeah you're Chris Pratt this is what we know you best from yeah they should have they should have got a different actor for yeah that we're doing this again they should have got it's a different good actor. it's a good you know it's it's a good beat to play in a story but yes so yes as you're you're right ian's sitting with his father so he's sitting with his list and the other thing is that barley then says and that's when i resolve to never be afraid again that i'll, I'll never be scared to, yeah i'll always take risks i'll always do what you know what i what needs to be what i'm not going to be scared of it i'm going to do it which is the opposite of ian ian is Ian is afraid to do things that he wants to do. And maybe that's why he doesn't do very much, why he doesn't have much of a personality or much of... Well, you could also go with the idea that if your brother is the person who who takes that side of things on, you don't have to. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's part of it. If you've got someone who will push you in the pool, you do not have to have the courage to jump in the pool. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, if if you've got someone who's going to drag you on a quest, you do not have to make a decision to go on a quest. Yeah. Yeah. And so Barley runs across to this old fountain that that the city wants to, to, to... to demolish meanwhile ian sitting you know just with his father's legs and he takes out his checklist and he starts to 
cross them off. Starts to cross things off. But then he starts to think, starts to have memories of him and Barley when he was little. And Barley, you Well, know. before that, he's, he, he, it was the things he wanted to do on that day and realizes he did do those things on the day itself. Yeah. Before he flashes back. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So he's like, oh, we've done all these things. We had a laugh. We went we had for a, laugh. a walk. We went for a walk. We, we had a heart to heart. We, and he's, so he's. I played catch. He's using his little, uh, I like the fact that he had a big pen that has the four different color inks in it. Yes. I can't remember those kind recalled, but I always wanted one. I never would, I was never allowed to have one by my parents. You're allowed to have one now. You can buy them. Now. I don't need it now. Exist. But yeah, my parents, my parents, that was too expensive to buy one of those. If those you pens. want to buy Dave one of those, uh, we have a Patreon. Don't worry about it. So then. Patreon.com the, slash sneaky dragon. <laughs> so then, uh, he checks it all off and he realizes that how important Barley's been in his life. And he, uh, goes running back. And we find, as he's running back, that Barley has discovered this hidden compartment at the top of this fountain that contains the dragons, or the phoenix stone. Yeah. Also, all this red smoke starts to come out of it as well. And he goes, oh, it's a cur- it's cursed. Yeah. So then the school begins to uh, come apart and starts to, yeah, things and start a, to attach to it. There's a giant painting of a, of a happy dragon yeah. that's on the side of the school. Yeah. And, uh, which I, I thought this was great. Whether this happened, I just thought, oh, this is brilliant. And the fact that the, the, the happy dragon's face becomes the face of the dragon. That's yep. the school, the Very school nice starts visual. to incorporate all this stuff into it and it becomes this dragon. And with a glowing ball of fire in its core. And at this moment, the mum and the manticore arrive with the sword to fight this, to, you know, stop this creature. And the, uh, boys meanwhile have you know, have the uh, the staff with the phoenix stone and they're ready to finish this spell so they can see their father. The sun is setting in the distance, so they need to do it quickly. So their mother stabs, is able to stab the dragon into its heart, into its core, yep. and is able to s- prevent it from attacking. She is a mighty warrior. She is a mighty warrior, exactly. Yep. And the boys are able to, you know, get the spell. The father appears, but at that moment, the mother is thrown from the thrown from the the dragon and the dragon is loose and so barley says he'll go and uh, barley says yeah don't worry i'll go i'll stop it and you can have your time and ian says no you need to have one more happy memory with dad yeah i won't you know i won't miss what i had never had basically and i will do it so he goes off to fight the, the the dragon with his with his magic wand his magic staff and and he does, yes, he does destroy we get a the boss level fight. Yeah, yeah. sure, it's okay, yeah, whatever. It's, fine. it's not that important. Get all it over. the things he's learned along the way, he uses all. He the skills. uses all the skills, gets it over with. Yeah. What's more important is that he's in this crater where he's finished, you know, finished the dragon, and he can't get out of it. But he's able to look and see the silhouette of Barley and his father having this brief time together. Very sweet moment. Very sweet moment. And we don't hear what they say, and we shouldn't. We don't hear what it. they say, and. But they do hug. Yeah. And it's a very sort of tentative hug because the person who wrote this movie and is from the Midwest. So he understands that hugs are very difficult to do sometimes. And uh, speaking as a West Coast Canadian, I'm also from that similar school or I have a hard time with hugs. And so uh, I think I've hugged my dad once in my life. Yeah, I don't think I hug my dad. Yeah. 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 I hugged my dad once because. Though it seems this is this seems like a very Michael Gross from Family Ties dad. He probably would hug his kids a lot, I would think. Sure, so it's like a huggy but he's dad. yeah, but they haven't had him, of course, to have have the hug. Yeah. So, so then, uh, so yes, he hugs Barley, and then the sun disappears, 
Were you laughing at? I was just laughing at the idea of uh, just like uh, him just saying to his son, yeah, we don't do a lot of hugging in hell. You're in hell? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because of magic. Mm. Oh, yeah. That goes against God's will. Anyway, bye. <laughs> bye. No, they don't no. do that. <laughs> no, that would be mean. So then, because uh, this is a kid's movie. And so then uh, Barley comes back and pulls pulls Ian out of the out of the pit he's stuck in. And they talk about their dad. He says, you know, that says dad said he's so proud of you for who you become. And then he gives him a hug for dad. And he gives Barley, said, Barley give, gives Ian give a hug. This, yeah. And then, of course, I'm in the theater with a little bit of tear going down my eye because I'm a yeah, big softie and, and for these moments. Yeah, and that's where Ian says to Barley that, you know, you were, you were yes. basically, you know, you were there the for me. raised me. Yeah, yeah you were right. there for me in my life. Which is nice. I do like that message a lot of, like, family isn't necessarily... You know, everyone in the role that they're assigned, sometimes yes. the roles fall so, to you. Yeah. And uh, you and, you do double duty or you do and something else. Yeah. But what's so important is that he, is that Barley didn't shirk that duty. He took it, Hannah took it, and Ian took it as best as he best as he could. He might be kind of boisterous, he might be kind of loud and and you know, maybe a little over a little over over yeah. everything, a little over the top, but he did not you know, ignore Ian. He did yeah, not. Yeah, he was not. He was not wasting his life. He yeah. was. He was yeah. know, there for him. We need to. Though maybe he should move out of the house at some point. But still, you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. And as Barley, and as the story shows, uh, the neglect of magic has not been that really that great for this this uh, world. Although at the same time, magic also brings about dragons that attack you. So there's the good and the bad with with magic. And it feels like the father probably did like when you're asking thinking like why did the father have this spell why did he do this yeah and i think it definitely was that he knew barley needed this like this can't be the the memory that barley has that's the last memory yeah. of him yeah barley will needs closure and barley did because there's a thing where like they're talking to the mom yeah as well earlier and just like you want to see dad right it's like i said goodbye yeah and so this is not about you know, new her journey, something yeah. new, or yeah. yeah, it's like no, no, you you're the one who didn't get to say goodbye, mm-hmm. and you need that, and so yeah. that's what this gift is. You think it was sure. a gift for Ian, but it was actually all the time. It was a gift, definitely for uh, for Barley. That's a really interesting way to look at it. I like that. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that because yeah, it yeah, it's of course we know that Ian hasn't moved on either because Ian, unlike Barley, who has interest in life, Ian. He sits in his room and listens to tape recordings of his father, mm-hmm. and talk and tries to have this kind of relationship that with that's him. That's the missing piece. Of yeah, his life. thinking that's missing piece of his life. But what's actually missing from his life, and isn't even magic. What's missing from his life is the confidence to be who he is, whether that's a magical who he is or just a regular kid going to school who he is. You know, who has should have friends at school yeah. and who should have a cult. You know, have a life at school. And I guess that's the the sort of denouement of the movie is is the centaur. Colt Bronco, not leaving in his Bronco, but running off with his long hair, right, flowing free. Again, he's now more himself. He's yeah. being the centaur, yeah, not the human version of what a centaur is. Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. seems to be better off when they're embracing they what they are. Yeah, are. yeah. Though I don't know what barley is. Like barley is uh, just they're elves. So I guess like an elf. Yeah. All right. They're, they they they're self. They call themselves elves in the film. Okay, so. that's that's fine. Yeah. But like. You know, there's I don't know what their thing is. Do to make himself more elfish, or yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. behave elf, elfin, elfinly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, he gets a new van, uh, Guinevere Two, which uh, Ian uh, paints. Well, I hope, I hope he's going to go to to school and become like a historian and become you know like a historian of historic sites and stuff like that. You know, that would be interesting. Yeah, 
Yeah, it just ends that's, with like the van that's who he is, flying yeah. away very Back to the Future style. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things here where I'm just like, well, that's from that movie, that's from that movie, that's from that movie, that's from that movie. <laughs> sure. Um, and yeah, it would have been nice. Yeah, he, him as a we historian. We don't have to see that. We can just imagine that as part, part of his Well, training. here's the thing. Should they in this world, if you're in this world, yeah. and you got Barley who's like a person who's protecting historical uh, things. Yeah. Um, should you keep those historical things? Because it feels almost like, no, you shouldn't, because a lot of them have curses in them, which will just kill us all. <laughs> yeah. You know, what if they knock that down? Would the curse have been released? Yeah, the curse would have been released, though, if they knocked it down, uh, right? Well, who's got, who knows about curses? Like, maybe, in the, yeah, he should <laughs> you be. You've got to talk to the Manticore. Yeah. And why does the city want to knock these things down? Because like, they're old and in the way. All right. Why do they want? Why does cities want to knock down anything? Making, yeah, who's making those decisions? You, you the, live in Vancouver, don't you? Who's the damn mayor? What's, like, what's the what's the most knocked down city in the world? Yeah. Vancouver. Why do we knock everything down? Yes, uh, you're not you're not wrong. Money, money. And uh, John Ratzenberger, of course, is a construction worker because yeah. you need a little bit of sure. John Ratzenberger. We need that him. lucky the lucky charm of there, uh, there you are. So uh, so yeah, the family is uh, will you make it? Yeah. Uh, aside from that, maybe it's the journey, not the destination. Uh, be yourself. Be what you're born to be. Yeah. Don't be. Don't get a bad job and try to be that. Yeah, I mean, thing. I'm not sure. I mean, if you start to parse out these films too much, like, you can say the same thing about Zootopia. That if you start to like double, there's a lot of problems with Zootopia. Yeah, yeah, you can just you know it becomes. But otherwise, if you just sit and watch the movie, it's an enjoyable film. It's got lots of good fun parts in it, and you know, then it ends. Yeah, I expect. Uh, I expect a bit more from Pixar. Uh, well, so, John Lasseter's gone, so stop expecting well, more. Well, and, and in some ways, that's for the best. In some ways, that's not for the best. Um, but he was, you know, for, yes, for the best because of uh, inappropriate hugging. This movie had hugging, but apparently some, sometimes you can hug, sometimes you can't hug, because John Lasseter's learned. Yeah, there's a... And, uh, that, but yes. But uh, definitely someone who has the heart, the heart of... Uh, of of Pixar. To me it it really is just like going over it again and just going use, you know, every part of the centaur. Yeah. Like, okay, so you got a guy who's a centaur. I, I do want to see like how his car works. I do want to see <laughs> I, I do want to see this police force sure. where all of the cops are mythological animals. What's it like for the what's it like for the cyclops? What's the fawn doing? I don't what, think that's a story though. What's the, what, but it's not the it's, story. It's the thing that colors. You want you want a, a twelve episode Netflix series out of this, not a not a two hour movie or hour and a half movie. But when you introduce a world like this, you want it to be full. And if you introduce one joke on a well, subject, like again, Mountain Doom, yeah, then don't just do yeah, one thing. Do more. Maybe, but I mean, I mean, I mean, like I say, it's too bad that the. The Cheetos that they had didn't have some joke on it. I just don't think it. I don't think you need to add no, more things. Me that I can't think of a Cheetos pun for uh, for uh, the mythological world, but yeah, <sighs> yeah, maybe they had the same problem. Like ah, <laughs> make it something else then. So um, I just yeah, I think there's like um, there's a fine line between over overdo or like making it too ornate and too too much information and losing the you know mo- losing like your storyline. You know, so yeah, there's obviously some opportunities in this film where they could have done a little bit more. But, you know, overall, I think, you know, like it had a very, you know, it had a great story. I think it had a great heart at the center of the movie. And I don't think that anyone who sees this film will be disappointed by the ending. I think it's. No, I think it's got. A, I think it's I, definitely worth. I don't think it's got a good story. I do think it's got a good ending. Okay. I think it's. Uh, I think. Oh, I enjoyed the point. story. I enjoyed the film. I don't think Quite there was much. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I think like there wasn't much of a story to it. It mm. was to me. 
Yeah. But that's me, and that's why it was two of us. <laughs> that's right. Uh, making making this thing. Yeah. I just wanted uh, I wanted more out of it. Yeah. And uh, and uh, wish everybody the best of health who put this together. But uh, your picks are. Come on. This movie was your no wait. This movie was your Avengers Endgame. As Avengers Endgame was for me, this was was your. Oh, you wanted more from Avengers Endgame? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That movie was felt very flat to me after the after Infinity Wars, which I really liked. And so it's kind of fun. It's interesting. Yeah. There's some. This is you know what you get out of a movie is what you get out of a movie, obviously. And uh, I I quite enjoyed this film, which is which is interesting because I have not lost a parent yet. I mean, obviously that's going to happen. That's one of the horrible parts of life um yeah so i mean i've lost people who are close to me but i've never i haven't lost a parent so i you know i don't know how that feels Mm -hmm. you know so those sort of things where the film spoke to you more than to me it's interesting that i got i've you know sort of enjoyed the film more but maybe that's part of it too where you had these really emotional elements to it and then you felt like the film just didn't play them or didn't use them enough to to carry your feelings forward from them. Yeah, again, I if this was like a standard Disney movie, then I probably would be like, ah, oh, that's all. That's, I would just be, that's yeah. fine and fine. It fine. is a standard Disney movie, by the way. Which is too bad, because yeah. Pixar movies were more. Well, uh, uh, Pixar they movie, were more and they were less. I mean, it depends which movie. I mean, you can cherry pick and remember the great ones, and then you can forget about Cars, and you forget about... Yeah, well, that Cars Swiss, never really counts. That family, that one that with the Swiss family, whatever it was, that one... Was, was, it one that, was that a Pixar movie? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm talking about, you know. I know. There's the classics. Of course. But we cherry pick what we remember. We forget about the good, the, okay. the dinosaur. Okay. when we talk about uh, The Simpsons, we're not talking about season 21. Yeah, exactly. What we're I talk- remember. We're talking the- about the first seven seasons. Yeah, yeah. And like what made it work then. Yeah. 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 So Things change. I, think- I mean, it's, un- it's unfortunate, but, you know, is this a reality for Pixar that in order for them to have the finances to finish the film they wanted to make, they had to sell a share to Disney. Yeah, but and like I look at okay, but you then you, but we also live in a world where you know you have uh, Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. Yep. And but let's see what their next movie is. Okay, because they have a new movie coming out. But us, they've also done the, tr- the Lego Movie. You know, they've also done. Sure. You know, uh, they've also done Cloudy with a Chance of uh, Meatballs. I haven't seen that one. Okay, and then and the sequel. I don't know if they did the sequel or if they, someone else did the sequel. But those are all examples of like films that uh, were much better than they should have been. Okay, you know that they paid attention to the details, yeah. the side things, yeah, and just like it's layer on layer on layer, so you can watch it more than once and you get something every time. Yeah, and this to me, I don't feel like if I watch this. One more, maybe watch one, one more time. And be like, oh yeah, yeah. But like, it's not something I would watch on repeat. Whereas yeah. I would watch Incredibles on repeat. I would watch Wall. Well, Wally wasn't my favorite, but I would watch Wally on repeat. You know, and uh, you pick up something. Finding more. Nemo. Finding Nemo. That was another one of their movies that they first. Yeah. No, Finding Nemo had uh, had a lot of heart. The classic uh, list of films they wrote down. Yeah, on that napkin. Yeah. All those years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, let us know what you think yeah. of this. Please write in and, and agree more. with me. Yeah, of, of both, uh, you know, a play date with Destiny and uh, and uh, onward. Um, and here's how you do it: we do another podcast called Sneaky Dragon, and so everything that we're going to say now will be Sneaky Dragon related because you know we keep it all in one tight package. Sure. That's what we do. Uh, if you way. go to sneakydragon.com, you'll find this episode and all our past fansplainers and other podcasts. And underneath each one of those is a message board. There you can uh, say, hey, and uh, then write something after that. Uh, you can also go to Twitter. Uh, we are at sneaky underscore dragon. We are on Facebook at 
at uh, Sneaky Dragon. And you could also go to uh, Tumblr with sneakydragon.tumblr.com. If you feel like buying Dave that pen, that fancy pen, <laughs> here's how you do. You go to patreon.com slash Sneaky Dragon or go to the app and just enter Sneaky Dragon. And there you can throw a buck or two at us a month and we will uh, keep this uh, thing going. Because movies, they, they're not free unless you illegally download them. And we don't. How dare you accuse us of such things? We don't. Dave might sometimes. Not not on this show, but in the past things have happened. But we're not we're not what? doing that. What we're not this? endorsing it. Uh, okay. We're not endorsing that no, kind no. of behavior. No. I go to but, the uh, I go to the theater. Yeah, the the more that we have in our Patreon, yeah. uh, the more uh, fancy snacks we'll have while we're eating. And maybe sure. I'll be in a better mood then and I won't be such a, a grump. <laughs> and again, to be fair, we are recording this while there is a plague outside. Hmm. Yeah. You're talking about the influenza, right? No, no. Oh. No, I was talking about uh, the you know the rock and pneumonia. Oh, the boogie woogie flu. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, that's Tell also me about that off the off yeah. the air. Thank you for uh, also known as boogie woogie influenza. Flavors. I have been. <laughs> this sounds like, by the way. Um, <laughs> sorry, the the trailer for the trolls movie just made me go like, oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, yeah, there's all these worlds. Uh, this is rock and roll world. Yeah, this is yeah. the hip hop world. Oh, rock and one. This is me staying home world. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. I've been Ian Boothie. I've been old buddy daddy David Dedrick. I didn't like that Trolls one either. It was too sparkly and colorful. Wah, I don't like it. It's no Smurfs. Bye. I told them about the map, I told them about the gym, I told them about the curse. <gasps> I forgot to tell them about the curse! The what?